Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll be talking about Windows 8, the good, bad, and ugly. Also about Netflix and its auxiliary service, Quickster, and the troubles with Quicken on OS X Lion. We'll be talking to Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Bastards radio show in the loop, Bob Dr. McLevitis, and of course, author and commentator, Kirk McElhern, this week on the Tech Night Owl Live. With Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Bastards Radio Show and the Loop at LoopInsight.com, we've got a big amount of material on our plate this week. And one starts with an email I got entitled, Reed Hastings, co-founder and CEO of Netflix. And he actually has my name on, Dear Gene, but that's because the computer lets them do that kind of thing, you know. Computers can insert the name. It's like the old days we had mail merge with word processors and insert your name and address. Well, the computers do all that behind the scenes for 25 million people. He said, I messed up. I owe you an explanation. Peter, first explain what it is that Netflix did to screw themselves up with their customers. About two months ago, Netflix announced that they were going to charge a different amount than they had been charging before for their DVD mail-away service, which is the, the core service that people have come to know from Netflix for the past decade, and their video streaming service over the Internet, which has gained a huge amount of popularity over the past couple of years. So they unfortunately decided that they were going to charge people more, essentially for getting the same service that they had been getting before. Uh, And this did not sit well at all with Netflix subscribers. In fact, Netflix had to lower its forecast for its number of subscribers recently. It, It had expected that it would have 25 million subscribers by the end of the year. Now it's saying, well, we're Figuring probably closer to 24 million. So clearly people have been speaking with their wallets. And and this, at least in part, is supposedly what caused Reed Hastings to send out this letter to subscribers. Now, I understand what they're doing here is going to, what, increase their income by about 60% for the same number of members. So even with fewer members they still make more money. This assumes, of course, that you are part of a subscription tier that includes both DVDs and streaming. In my own particular case, Gene, I canceled the DVD delivery service some time ago and went only to streaming. So in point of fact, for me anyway, and and for other people like me, our subscription cost hasn't changed at all. But yeah, if you were part of a subscription tier that included both DVDs and streaming, you're now paying 60% more than you were paying just a couple of months ago. Now, the problem I have with the streaming service on Netflix is that the content consists mostly of older films and TV shows, and a lot of those older films are basically grade D minus. So what's going to change? The interesting thing here is Netflix definitely did not have the same kind of premium content that it has, you know, for DVDs and Blu-ray deliveries in its streaming service. And most other companies don't either because the movie producers and the the movie studios want to sell this stuff. They want to sell this stuff, you know, by per per view. You know, you can download it through Amazon, for example, by paying an on-demand premium, or in some cases, you just have to buy the disc for, you know, 15 or 20 bucks or whatever. Netflix's 
streaming service is relegated to second or third tier movies. And in fact, though, they did have some great content that they had licensed through Liberty Media, which owns Stars. So they had you know, Spartacus and, and movies that you can find on the Stars premium cable channel. But that too is changing because Netflix and Stars have announced that they're part of company. So- That's because apparently what Stars wants here is not just more money. But they want a tiered rate, which I guess means that you'd have to pay different streaming rates for different levels of content. And this is just the thing, you know, these the, the companies that, that own or license movies um, have a very different perspective on, on what their content is worth compared to, let's say, music. You know, it's it, they did not want to make, I guess, what, what they perceived as the same kind of mistakes that the music industry made when it came to getting content on iTunes and Amazon.com's MP3 store and so on, and they wanted to keep it much closer to their vest. Uh, the net result is that it's getting much harder to license this stuff uh, without paying a lot of money, either for delivery services like Netflix or for the consumer. But understand also that one of the differences with movies is that with music, you listen to it a thousand times. With movies, very few movies are you ever going to watch more than once or twice. Maybe the kids will watch them over and over again. But most people, you know, you watch a movie, that's it. Maybe a couple of years later, you dig it out and you watch it again, which is one of the reasons why I think a lot of people don't buy DVDs or Blu-rays anymore. And part of the reason is why spend $15, 20 $25 for a movie you're never going to see. Well, accepted, Gene. The the problem is that the media companies see DVD and VHS sales, you know, in their past, and say, "Well, people do want to buy movies. They do want to add this stuff to their collection. They do want to, you know, curate their own collections of this stuff." And they sure, they do. But I think it. the problem is here: sales of physical media are way, way down. Yeah, indeed. I mean, even Netflix, you know, has said, listen, streaming is where the business is. So that brings us up to to today's announcement from Reed Hastings is that effective in the next few weeks, Netflix is actually going to be the streaming service. And they're spinning off, if you will, the the DVD rental and Blu-ray rental service as a new service called Quickster. Oh, what a name. It reminds me of Gangster. Why yeah. stir? Stir doesn't seem to have the kind of ring to it that sounds nice. Napster. Napster is what I thought of when I read Quick. Is that what it is? Maybe they thought Napster, Quickster, yeah, not maybe. Gangster. I'm not sure, but yeah, it's Quickster is the new um, DVD delivery service, and Hastings kind of showed the hand a little bit. He said that one of the things that they're changing with Quickster is that you're going to be able to rent video games as well. So if you've got a Wii or an Xbox 360 or a PlayStation 3, uh, you'll be able to to get that content through Quickster as well, which I guess keeps Quickster relevant in an age where Gamefly um, is offering a Netflix-style service. And Redbox, those kiosks that you see at grocery stores and drugstores all over the place, also offers um, video game rentals for a dollar a night. So, you know, it's, it's, it's helping Netflix or Quickster stay relevant in the face of increasing competition. Now, Gamefly, they're going to be hurt if Netflix succeeds with the Quickster service. Yeah, absolutely. They have not been hugely successful. It's a niche market, even though video games are huge. And, uh, you know, it'll, it, it remains to be seen what kind of effect uh, they'll have. A, another service that may possibly be impacted by Quickster's entry into the market is uh, GameStop, the popular uh, video game 
uh, reseller because they make up a huge amount of their revenue by selling used games. And if people are going to be more inclined to rent games from Netflix or Quickster, um, they may be less inclined to buy them um, either new or used through uh, GameStop. Well, explain this to me. I understand with movies, very few movies you might want to see over and over again. But games you might play for year after year, isn't it better to buy a game or do you just rent the game just to test it before you decide whether to buy it or not? No, you know, in many cases, um, in, in most cases, in fact, games have a starting point and an end point and have a limited amount of play value. And this is why uh, in GameStop's uh, particular market, they've been able to make huge inroads in uh, buying and selling used games because, um, you know, gamers tire of games pretty quickly. Uh, once they've played through you know they they have no incentive to keep the game anymore um you know especially if they're completists and they've gotten all the achievements in the game and so on and they want to move on to something else okay so it's not something you'll take out a year later and try again in some cases uh, you know some completists may i i can tell you that in our house we very rarely if ever trade in uh used games we tend to 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 keep them and go back to them time after time, but there's no question that um, a huge amount of the market doesn't operate as we do and um, ends up trading in their games. Um, so. Time after time, we are talking to Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Bastards radio show and The Loop at loopinsight.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. SellYourMac.com purchases used Apple computers, iPhones, iPads, and iPods through a safe, no-hassle transaction. They're a BBB-accredited business with an A-plus rating. You can rest assured you'll get paid for your expensive devices. They're in this business because they love Apple products. They want you to have the latest and greatest Apple gear available. Selling your used Mac, iPhone, or iPad will greatly reduce the cost of a new purchase. Get a free quote now from SellYourMac.com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. Hi, everybody. Jason Lewis here. Once again, for my friends at Midas Resources, these are hard times for investors. You don't know which way to go. Is the market going to recover? Is the Washington spending machine going to continue? And that means a lot of debt and maybe printing money to cover the debt. They call it monetizing the debt, but that's a fancy way of saying inflation. And a lot of people are worried about that. So you need the ultimate inflation hedge, and that's gold. Now, let me be clear about this. Commodities fluctuate in price. They can go up and down. Very volatile. There's no guarantee. But if you want the ultimate inflation hedge, you need to talk to my friends at Midas Resources. The number, 1-800-686-2237. If you're interested in converting your IRA to gold or would like to have it in your possession, call Midas today at 1-800-686-2237. It's Midas Resources, 1-800-686-2237 for gold and tell them Jason sent you. 
Big Berkey water filters are in high demand. Storable foods are also in high demand. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has always kept our focus on the Berkey water filter products. But increasingly, our customers have been asking for storable foods. After months of research, BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com now offers great-tasting, long-lasting, storable foods. These ready-to-eat meals are packed in airtight nitrogen pouches. All you do is just add water. And because they're sealed so well, they come with a 25-year shelf life. Combine our Berkey water filters, which are powerful enough to purify treated, untreated, or even stagnant pond water with our storable foods, and you have a winning combination. Remember, we offer free shipping on every order over $50, and GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY. That's BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY today. Did you know nuclear radiation is still spewing out of the melted-down reactors in Fukushima, Japan, and making its way across the entire U.S. continent, contaminating the air, water, and food? Dangerously high levels of radiation are a reality here. As a result, radiation poisoning is a distinct possibility for anyone living in the U.S., unless you do something to protect yourself. How? With Liquid Zeolite from RestoreYourHealthNow.com. Without a doubt, Liquid Zeolite is by far the best product to remove radiation from your body. It safely removes toxins. Toxins and heavy metals boosts energy levels and promotes a strong immune system. Liquid Zeolite is so powerful it was used to clean up contamination in Chernobyl, yet so gentle you won't even know you're taking it. Liquid Zeolite comes with a money-back guarantee, but is only available at RestoreYourHealthNow.com. Learn how to get free bottles of Liquid Zeolite by calling 800-880-9976. That's 800-880-9976. Or go to RestoreYourHealthNow.com. That's RestoreYourHealthNow.com. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. And don't forget, you can visit the famous Tech Night Owl community forums at forum.technightowl.com. Get in on all the action. That's forum.technightowl.com. With Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Bastards Radio Show and the Loop at LoopInsight.com, which, by the way, is at version 2.0 now, we're focusing on the changes at Netflix or Quickster or whateverster that they're doing. Now, is that almost like playing a Microsoft where you rebrand something that maybe isn't working the way you want, hoping it will gain traction? Well, you know what's so damn awkward about this and what frustrates me about this is it really, I mean, it, it just seems to be a fumble or a misstep from the start. You know, two months ago, back in uh, uh, July, July-ish, uh, Netflix announced this plan to, as we mentioned in the last segment, to increase their subscription fees overall. And now they're coming out with this rebranding. And one of the things that uh, the CEO said about it is, well, you know, the fact is that that these are are different products with very different you know costs involved and in, in, in different markets and it makes sense for us to break it apart. Well, you, sh- you should have done that two months ago, you know, because now in in addition to losing customers uh, for charging more money, what they've said is now you're going to have to go to two different websites. Uh, to manage two different movie queues. You know, you're going to have your streaming queue and then you're going to have your delivery queue. That sounds uh, very Microsoft to me. 
You rebrand something and you make it more complicated. And, and you make it more sure. complicated. Not only that, not only that, not only you're going to have to manage two different queues from two different websites, but we're going to put, put two different line items on your credit card statement as well, one for Quickster and one for Netflix. So, you know, it, it, it could not be more possibly complicated than they have described it. Wow. Okay. So I understand this, but the other question I have about everything, granted this service will work separately, and I'm not going to go into the complications. You've done that quite well. With streaming, what are they going to do with streaming to get better content? Because right now, the unlimited streaming model is not producing the current content. If I want current streaming, I go to iTunes. So if I want, say, for example, I want to watch X-Men First Class or Thor, which came out this past week, I want to watch those films, I'll take out my Apple TV, I'll rent them from Apple. I'll get great picture quality, and that's fine. Or if you have cable or satellite, you get it from the pay-per-view providing services. Okay. Well, I think it's it's important to differentiate streaming, which is you know essentially what Netflix is doing from on-demand services, which is the way that but Apple is streaming works. to you pretty much. No, you are not paying. You are not paying a flat rate every month. No, you're doing a la carte streaming. A, a video stream. You are paying for an on-demand service from iTunes. But technically, um, it's streaming. Sense, it's being no, fed online to you. No, not Gene. This yeah. is an important differentiation. Okay, sure. Let's the, do the it. The way that iTunes works is no different than the way that Amazon.com's video service works, or the way that that on-demand through Comcast or through your local cable service. But provider it's being works. fed online, so the process is to stream the content to you. And I guess there's temporary storage on that small flash drive on your Apple TV, but it goes away as soon as That's that content is seen. Nobody cares about sure. that. The point is that you are paying a la carte for every product that exactly. you Exactly. If you want to see Thor, you're paying a rental fee for it, or you're paying to buy it and download it and store it on, on your local computer's hard drive. If you do that with uh, – you can do that with, with, some, with some movies from Amazon.com as well. Uh, but with Netflix, you're not paying to download the content and keep it. You are paying a flat fee every month to stream the content, and then it disappears into the ether as soon as you're done with it. But that's basically so what's happening. Keep- that's what's happening when you rent a movie from iTunes. Once you watch the movie, you have 24 hours to watch the movie. It's pretty much zapped. That's right. But the point is you are paying for that movie, right? So it's a la carte. Now, I understand the- that. But here's the problem. With Netflix streaming, the all-you-can-eat menu that makes it difficult to get content providers like the movie studios to ante up a current flick. A current yeah, flick you know they what? want I mean, a la carte. If you, to, if you go to Sizzler or if you go to Old Country Buffet and you pay for a buffet, you're not going to get the same quality of meal that you're going to go to get if you go to you know your, your local restaurant. Okay, so therefore, what is your choice? Your choice is either to go back to On Demand or go to Quickster to rent the DVD with your subscription rental program. The problem there is with a lot of the studio product now, they have, what, 28 to 30-day release window. So when it's available in Blu-ray, you have to wait another 28 or 30 days before Netflix or Quickster will send you that DVD. Absolutely. Yeah, you got to wait. But with on-demand, whether it's Apple or Amazon or your cable or satellite provider, you get it now, but you got to pay a la carte. Exactly. So if you want 
the latest releases, if you want the newest stuff, if you want to watch stuff when it first comes out, you're going to pay for it up front. And you're going to pay for it uh, per view. If you want to you know, eat at the buffet, you're going to eat crap. Okay, so basically Netflix is the buffet because they can't give you many of the DVDs when they first came out. It's got to be almost a month later. So you don't get the first crack at it. You say, you know what? I don't have to see the movie now. I didn't see it in the movie Plex. I'll wait 30 days and I'll get it. If I want it now, I'll pay more. So you're getting the second. Now, if you want streaming from Netflix, still called Netflix, you then have to wait for the movie to be out for a year or get junk. Exactly, yeah. So Netflix has definitely got um, a uh, some challenges here going forward. And it'll be interesting to see how they respond to it. There's no question, though, that Netflix, the streaming service, uh, will need to get dramatically more competitive than where it is right now. Even though Netflix has said for a while now, listen, we're serving up, we're streaming more content than DVDs. So in terms of volume, people are responding. People want to, to be able to stream content to their TVs. They don't necessarily have to want to have to wait three or four days for a DVD to show up in the mail. Let me give you an example, though, of the peculiar way it's organized, okay? So, for example, I wanted to see the TV sci-fi show, Farscape, which came out from 1999 to 2003. Never got to see it. You know, I saw the actors in other shows, but never got to see it. And it's a mixture of live action with Muppets, but it's an adult sci-fi genre, space opera kind of thing. And I liked it. I really did. So the final episode is actually a miniseries called Farscape the Peacekeepers. So I could stream all 88 episodes of the original Farscape TV series. But if I want the miniseries, which came out a year later, which kind of you know closes the story, because they didn't have a fifth season, so they produced this miniseries to kind of close out all of those ends, I had to rent the DVD because it wasn't available for streaming. Duh. Absolutely. From a consumer standpoint, it gets to be more complicated than it really should be. And um, you bring up a great example, Gene. Another example um, are sequels um, or uh, original movies versus sequels. I've run into this with my kids where my kids have said, hey, can we um, watch something from Netflix streaming? Uh, and we go to search for it, and we'll find the sequel to that movie. But the original movie is something that we would need to get on DVD or Blu-ray um, in order to watch. So I'm going to ask you a question some- about that in a moment with Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Bastards radio show in the loop at loopinsight.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. <laughs> Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack, attack, attack. of the Rockwell. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack, attack, attack. of the Rockoids is available now 
Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Energy, energy, and more energy. We all need it. Get the energy you need quick through the powers of wild forest extract. Wild chug on birch bark are the secrets of the forest used exclusively by Russian athletes. Wild chaga is the world's top source of superoxide dismutase, the critical enzyme that blocks the aging process. Chaga is good for your heart and even helps support healthy arteries. Wild birch extract is the top source of betulin, a natural sterile needed by every cell of the body. And healthy cells mean a healthy body and a more powerful you. No wonder it's known as a king of all herbs. Experience real energy and power like you've never dreamed possible. Take Chago Charge Tea with Wild Birch Bark every day and Chaga Max capsules to get the energy you need. You deserve it. Order today by calling 877-817-9829. 877-817-9829. That's 877-817-9829. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Before you throw away your used batteries, you need to listen to this. Now, going green can save money. Go green and save money by giving life to your used batteries by charging them with the Renaissance Charger. The Renaissance Charger uses a new revolutionary battery charging technology that effectively extends the life of new batteries and gives new life to used batteries. Invented by legendary audio genius John Bedini, this unique and patented charging system rejuvenates the electrochemical plate structure in the battery without additives, increasing capacity and maintaining cell integrity. Renaissance Charge offers a full line of products made in the USA for all types and sizes of batteries. Find out why our customers tell us the Renaissance Charger is the only battery charger they will ever use. Save your money. Save the environment. Visit us online at r-charge.com. That's r-charge.com. Or call us at 208-772-4514. That's 208-772-4514. Be a part of the revolution today. You can't argue with success. And many people have found great success in fighting back colds and flu viruses with Ali C, the world's best garlic extract. So now, it's time to get even more success with the other great quality natural products from Affinity Health Products. Like C Energy Liquid Vitamins, Lose and Snooze, and the One Day Diet. Or Human Growth Hormone Support, Menopause Specialist for Women, and Joint Specialist. See these and many other quality Affinity Health products for men and women online at AffinityHealthProducts.com. That's A-F-F-I-N-I-T-Y HealthProducts.com. Or call in your orders at 877-888-7126. That's 1-877-888-7126. Trust your health to the makers of Alley C, the world's best garlic extract. Affinity Health Products, the finest and most innovative natural health products available. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. On the Tech Night Out Live with Gene Steinberg, we're talking to Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Bastards radio show and the loop at loopinsight.com. So the curious phenomenon here where your kids can watch the stream of a movie, but they can get the sequel, but not the original. Is it possible because the sequel bombed at the box office, so they got rid of it pretty quickly and they're willing to license it, but the original did well, so they want to keep that 
on DVD or Blu-ray? I don't know. Yeah, permissions, maybe the studio just didn't get around to licensing it. There are a number of reasons. Or, you know, the director may be holding out for more money or something like that. Or somewhere, someone in the process decided that they needed a bigger chunk of the pie than they were getting. Hollywood is stupid. Hollywood is stupid. One example of stupidity. So they want to do a remake of The Lone Ranger. You know, they had a film based on the TV and radio character, what, 10, 15 years ago, didn't do well. Going to do a remake with Johnny Depp as Tonto. They want to spend, this is the Disney company, $250 million for The Lone Ranger. What? The Lone Ranger, you know, a cowboy western. Cowboys and Indians and shoot-em-ups and horses. $250 million. So finally the studio looks at their checkbook and says, no. They basically passed on it, although I guess they're going to find a way to make it cheaper and do the production. The question is, $250 million for a Western? Oh, Yeah. What do you have, special effects horses instead of real horses? The cost of producing a major Hollywood blockbuster, you know, a tentpole summer or holiday action movie, is incredible. You know, and obviously you can make movies for much less than that. But if you are talking about a serious production, especially involving all the marketing, you know, effort that you need to get that into theaters and then... Uh, Heaven help you if you decide it needs to be on 3D and you need to do 3D post-production and all that other stuff. You are going to run into hundreds of millions of dollars before you're done, even for something as seemingly simplified as as a Western. So, you know, it's it's become a crazy business, and it's I, in my opinion, it's unsustainable. Well, they have this crazy film called Cowboys and Aliens, and this is basically a Western where they are attacked by aliens, and the reason people gave it some kind of credibility, though it kind of didn't do well with the box office, is because you had Steven Spielberg, executive producer, Ron Howard, Brian Grazer, you had Alex Kurtzman and Roberto Orkey, who, of course, wrote Star Trek, and they worked well, with J.J. Abrams. you had Daniel Craig, you had Olivia Wilde, you had, uh, you had Harrison Ford. I mean, big stars. The thing cost $163 million to make. And that's largely because of the special effects for the aliens. And that's about what they're going to get worldwide. Of course, they have to make twice the cost of production just to begin to think to possibly make a profit. It's a waste. But then you factor in the home, the home video sales. You know, even if a movie only breaks even in its theatrical release, they look at the home video sales and they say, okay, well, this is a huge uh, chunk of the revenue that's going to come in for this. So they they know that Cowboys vs. Aliens is going to sell a certain amount on DVD and Blu-ray when it comes out. And this this is the problem that Netflix and that other video streaming services face. And this is the problem that consumers face when it comes to dealing with the, with these services. If they want to watch these movies when they come out on video, you know, right now the, the studios still have so much of a chokehold on the consumer um, charging them fifteen or twenty or twenty five dollars for a, um, a a physical media release of these movies, you can understand why the the, uh, the studios are reluctant to kind of give up the uh, that 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 revenue stream in favor of a, a streaming video model. Well, I think the only saving grace for Netflix as a streaming service is to make new content deals or possibly offer a pro service or a premium service where you pay more per month but you get a better grade of content. Because right yeah, now yeah. it's a tiered mixed bag services. to me. I, I completely agree with you, Gene. I think the tiered services are probably the way that services like Netflix are going to have to go if they stand any chance of, of maintaining relevance over the next five or ten years. Oh, well, like I said, there's always Apple TV. And you know what I did exactly. is I cut back on Netflix after all this. I like the streaming. I got to see 
you know, all the Farscape episodes. I like the occasional DVD, but I cut back to one DVD, and every so often, if there's a new film, I'll go to Apple TV, and that's fine. Let's move on to another topic, because this is one where we hope that Quickster and Netflix work, because we hate to see a company go out of business, but, you know, right now they're doing kind of a Microsoft, and speaking of Microsoft, this past week, Microsoft made available a very early, I guess, alpha or pre-pre-pre-release version of Windows 8, where they take the interface from the Zune and Windows Phone 7, these flat tiles, and stick them onto Windows. What do you think? Well, people are going to have very strong opinions one way or the other on um, on, on Windows 8. And I, for one, am actually happy to see uh, Microsoft continuing to innovate and and try to interest people in what it's doing. Uh, I wish them the best success because, you know, they, they're still a juggernaut. They still uh, represent the huge uh, majority of operating system use around the world. And, and let's hope that uh, they can continue to interest people and give Apple a run for their money on when it comes to the desktop. Somebody has to because... You can't have a company left alone to its own devices, no matter how good their intentions, and not have them stagnate. And remember, for example, Internet Explorer. When Internet Explorer became number one on the planet with a bullet, they stopped developing it, basically, except for minor revisions. Then you had, of course, Firefox and Google Chrome and Apple Safari. Suddenly, Microsoft said, Okay, web standards. We discovered web standards. We're now going to produce a state-of-the-art browser, and today's Windows Internet Explorer is pretty decent. But the same thing with Apple. If everybody buys iPads and there's no compelling competition, Apple's going to stagnate. There's no reason to invest. Good intentions notwithstanding, even assuming Steve Jobs, as chairman of the board, stays alive for the next 20 years and is pushing for great products, it's still going to stagnate. I completely agree with you. You know, Apple Apple needs the competition, and Microsoft is certainly willing to dish it out. And the interface, the user interface for Windows 8 that's gotten the most press over the course of the past week since it was unveiled at Build last week is this thing called Metro. And um, it is a very different interface than we're accustomed to, um, either from OS X or from Windows. So uh, it, it'll be very interesting to see how uh, Microsoft tweaks that in the coming year. Well, I should tell our listeners that the last time we talked about this on last week's episode of the Tech Night Out Live, we talked to Seth Rosenblatt, an associate, senior associate editor over at CNET, who had a hands-on encounter. Microsoft gave them an Intel-based tablet to try Windows 8 in the Metro interface. But you can download a copy, and you can load it under Parallels Desktop or VMware Fusion. Not get great performance because the drivers aren't updated, but you get to see the interface. So I got to see the interface, and the problem is, and you have to think about Web Design 101. You want people to read your content. So do you take thin white lettering over blue and red and green backgrounds and expect people to read those labels on the tiles? And the answer is no, but Microsoft hasn't learned that yet. It's amazing for such a big company that they just don't get how user interface stuff works sometimes. Well, that's it's very flat. In fact, one of our other regular guests, Daniel Aaron Dilger of Roughly Drafted Magazine and Apple Insider, he called it magazine-like. In other words, it's flat. It's two-dimensional, whereas, of course, Apple, everything is shaded and everything has this kind of dimensional effect designed to pop out at you. 
So Microsoft says, well, everybody wants things to pop out at you. We want to be different. Let's go flat <laughs> instead of I, fluffy. I don't necessarily think that that's a bad idea. Well, if it works, I just have a problem with the artwork and the way it's set up. Yeah, exactly. And that's the problem. But that get, I mean, obviously, Microsoft has a huge amount of time. Uh, to make those changes and to get something really usable. So um, it's going to be an evolutionary process, though. You know, the difference between Microsoft and Apple is that when Apple shows you something, it's almost ready to ship or it is ready to ship. You know, Apple, um, when Apple first unveiled Lion last October, um, the features that Apple unveiled um, that, uh, that were part of Lion were things that um, are more or less the exact same as as they are in the, the finished product. Because of, Apple of wants to show things when they are really ready for prime when time. When they're re- ready for it. Right. We have, we have Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Rastards radio show and the loop at loopinsight.com. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com OpticsPlanet.com is where discerning gun owners and outdoorsmen go to gear up. Optics Planet has the best selection of rifle scopes, red dots, night vision, holsters, bags, and tactical gear on the planet. With always low prices, free shipping on most orders, and expert customer service. Go to OpticsPlanet.com slash GCN to get a free gift with purchase. That's OpticsPlanet.com slash GCN. Or call 800-332-OPTICS. 800-332-6784. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold is outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Is your credit card debt out of control? Are you in over your head dealing with monthly payments? There's a powerful secret the credit card companies don't want you to know. If you have credit card debt, you have the power to settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe, cutting your payments by up to half or more. That's bad news for credit card companies, but it's great news for you. And we'd like to offer you free information that will show you how to settle your credit card debt and lower your payments by up to half or more. It's yours free when you call today. Don't declare 
declare bankruptcy. Give us 10 minutes and we could save you thousands. Live better, debt-free. Find out how easy it is by calling for this valuable free information. For the secret the credit card companies don't want you to know, call National Debt Relief today at 1-800-460-5733. 1-800-460-5733. This free information is available only for a limited time. Change your life. Call 1-800-460-5733 today. Jason Lewis here. We talk daily about all the crazy stuff happening around the world. Concerns with the economy, job loss, and natural disasters, just to name a few. Let me ask you, what are you doing to be prepared? How will you provide for your family in an emergency? Well, for my preparation, I recommend WiseFoodStorage.com. WiseFoodStorage.com offers delicious, ready-made, freeze-dry meals that carry a 25-year shelf life, and you prepare them in minutes by simply adding water. Wise Food Storage entrees are packaged in individual metal mylar pouches then stored in convenient grab-and-go plastic containers for freshness and easy transport go to wisefoodstorage.com today to request a free entree sample and for a limited time enter the promo code lewis to get free shipping on any order call 855 food wise that's 855-366-3947 or visit w-i-s-e foodstorage.com wisefoodstorage.com gourmet emergency food at the best price You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. One more segment with Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Bastards radio show on the loop at loopinsight.com, now in version 2.0. And in the near future, when we have the editor-in-chief, Jim Dalrymple, on the show, he'll explain how they changed the site, make it cleaner, better organized, all that kind of stuff, but worth looking at. Okay, Peter, we're talking about Windows 8 and the difference in the way Apple does things. When Apple will show off a new feature or interface, they will have something that's already pretty much finished. So, for example, when you saw the Lion demonstrations or the iOS, the stuff they let you see pretty much finished. Microsoft will show early, early, early versions, and that's good or bad because Quite often, even if the interface doesn't change, the features may be altered drastically before the thing is finally released. And that's not a bad thing, too. Yeah, indeed. Exactly. You know, so, um, you know, Microsoft is giving people a very early peek with this developer build of, uh, of Windows 8. Um, people should not, I think, uh, draw too much uh, from what they're seeing. In fact, that was the subject of a really interesting editorial from a friend of mine named Matt Honan at uh, the site that he writes for uh, Gizmodo last week. Did you get a chance to read that? You'll have to refresh my memory because we need to tell the listeners what this is all about. They don't read uh, all these columns. There was this, um, you know, there, there's been a huge amount of, of press uh, written about Windows 8 in a very short period of time. Um, and uh, some uh, uh, folks uh, started picking on on Microsoft um, uh, pretty quickly uh, for its display of Windows 8 running on a tablet uh, because um, 
apparently the uh, Samsung tablet, and Microsoft said at the outset, listen, this isn't optimized to run on this hardware. This is just an example of how it's working. Uh, you know, the fans kicked up to full speed on this device, and it was kind of a wonky uh, demonstration, but it showed that the Windows 8 Metro a- a- interface is something they can scale even to um, uh, to be used on, on a tablet, and that was the point of the demonstration. However, the Apple fanboy has got their... Um, their hackles raised because Apple never would have let a demo like this happen. And that's true. You know, the, the demo experience between Apple and Microsoft is 180 degrees of difference. There is no question that Microsoft puts on a very different demo for its developers than, than Apple does. So uh, over at Gizmodo, uh, uh, Matt Honan wrote this piece called, If You Already Hate Windows 8, Then You Hate Technology. And although the... Um, uh, the the uh, the title of it is perhaps a bit incendiary. Um, I, I couldn't agree more with Matt's point. It's so early in the development process for Windows 8 here that to take Microsoft to task for anything that you're seeing right now, uh, especially the quality of the demo, is probably really putting the cart before the horse. I think the only issue that I take qualms with is the interface for Metro. You know, the look and feel as to whether that's something that could work because that's a concept that's not new. They already have that interface because that look and feel came from the Zune and it came from Windows Phone 7. So it's not original. It's new because it's brought into a desktop operating system. The other thing is here, Microsoft is notorious for showing things early that change drastically and in some cases never appear. That's right. And part of it is because they show them and developers or users react very negatively to what they're seeing. And Microsoft has a change of heart. Unlike my Apple, Microsoft does, you know, listen to focus groups. Microsoft does pay, pay attention to uh, the sort of stuff that they're hearing. That's not something that's really been Apple's strong suit in the past. Well, I think Apple goes by the philosophy quoted by Henry Ford, who says, you know, if we took user surveys or customer surveys back in those days early in the world of mass-produced motor vehicles we have built a faster horse and buggy yeah so the thing is here some things you can't get from a focus group you can't get a future product that nobody ever used Ford was also famous for saying that you can get a model T in any color you want as long as it's black you know that sounds like a very Steve Jobs sort of thing to say right but ultimately of course as the product gains acceptance and there are competitors there, competitors, they have to offer options. They have to offer different colors, different color interiors, extra features. That's how competition works. But this is exactly it. And you, this is this is really the thrust of Honan's piece and the thrust of what I just mentioned a few moments ago. Uh, you know, the, the whole point is to have the competition there. Uh, Microsoft's um, uh, evolution of Windows um, has had as much to do with Apple poking and prodding it with its continued innovations of Mac OS and, and OS X um, as, as it has Microsoft's own internal changes. Uh, likewise, you know, Apple has borrowed some stuff from Microsoft and, and Linux operating systems even uh, in the way that it does things. And there's no question that, uh, that some things in iOS have changed because of things that uh, Google has done with Android. So uh, competition in whatever form it exists is a healthy thing and is something that we need uh, in order to drive innovation forward. Right. I think the question is here, though, will the public react favorably to what Microsoft has done? And And that is the $100,000 question. That's the only question because if customers don't like it, if customers think it's not worth their while, and remember, that interface has already been used in products that were not successful. 
So will it translate to a desktop computer operating system? And the other thing is the way Microsoft has set up the way it sets up apps that work on both the ARM-based tablet and the standard Intel AMD-based computers, it's something called the Metro apps, which are web-based apps that will be sold only through Microsoft and its own version of the App Store. So we have a new class of apps that will work on both devices, but your regular Windows apps, Office, or anything you buy, will still only run on the standard PC or tablet PC that uses the Intel or AMD parts. That's not going to change. So that's going to cause confusion. Yeah, absolutely it will. So, and this is, this is yeah. part of the problem, I think, that Microsoft has with supporting this huge legacy of um, hardware and software that, that it doesn't control. And, you know, for, for all of the, the guff that Apple has taken um, in the, the, the trade press about having a walled garden type of approach, it's one big advantage that Apple has controlling um, the operating system and the hardware that runs the operating system in that, you know, it doesn't need to prop up this huge base of, um, of, of legacy product um, that, 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 that makes its ecosystem work in the way that Microsoft does. They know when to say stop supporting that product. They're sort of reasonable about it. So, for example, with Lion, other than not being able to run power PC-based software, any Mac made since the end of 2006 will work. So it's kind of a five-year window. Yeah, I mean, you know, some people on the very early end of the uh, Intel transition got uh, dropped off of that. Uh, Intel Core Duo uh, era machines uh, are not able to run um, uh, Lion successfully. But for the most part, you know, machines that that have been built within the last five years can can run Lion in in some way, shape, or form uh, without too much of a problem. Um, You know, compare that to the way that Windows works Microsoft, to its credit, and perhaps to its detriment, um, tries to throw a much uh, wider net uh, for that sort of support. And, you know, that has caused problems with the evolution of Windows um, in, 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 in ways that, that Apple has not had to deal with because Apple has made a conscious decision to let legacy hardware and software fall by the wayside. But isn't that partly dictated by Microsoft's hardware partners who say, no, 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 you can't make this thing incompatible with our product of uh, 32 years ago? Because if you do, we have a problem. I think in some cases, yes. In some cases, it's also got a lot to do with Microsoft's enterprise partners who say, wait a minute, we're supporting tens of thousands of machines. That's what I'm Um, saying. That's what I'm saying, basically. Yeah. So, well, when you say hardware partners, it, it... you know, it implies, you know, the people who are uh, making the, the hardware that, that, that these things run. Well, partly that, the of course, they want, they want support for a wider range of CPU configurations. But certainly the enterprise, large companies might have PCs that go back, as you say, 8, 10 years. And you can't make them incompatible because suddenly they've got to go through this entire upgrade cycle in terms of operating systems. And usually, I gather, what they'd rather do is just buy a new PC when it's time rather than upgrade the older operating system to the newer one, although they do that too sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, there's still plenty of people out there running Windows XP era machines. Right. And some of them will run Windows 7, maybe not so well. Some will never be able to run Windows 7, let alone Windows 8. So, Peter Cohen, tell our listeners where they find more of the stuff that you do. 
Uh, loopinsight.com is where I do the bulk of my writing. And you can also listen to me on my weekly podcast, We Work Blue. That means that we swear a lot, but it can be entertaining, at angrymacbastards.com. So, of course, if you go there, you'll hear them swear, and maybe you'll want to swear at them or swear to them, depending on your point of view. We there welcome both. That's how it happens. Peter Cohen, thank you so much for joining us this week on the Tech Night Owl Live. Always a pleasure, Gene. Talk to you soon. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Tech Night All Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. The one, the only, Bob Dr. McLevitis returns after a brief absence, during which he actually tried to get real work done. But no, now, I was on vacation. What's a vacation? That's what I said. But I got to have one this year. Well, I'm looking forward to a vacation one of these years myself. My wife says, you should take a vacation. You really need a vacation. And I keep asking her the same question, which is, what is a vacation? Can you define it for me? Yes. uh, I went away for three weeks and um, didn't answer any email and walked around cities where I didn't speak the language looking at cool old stuff. That was vacation. It was very nice. Where'd you go? I went to uh, Italy and Greece and Turkey. 24 days. But not Spain. No, I've never been to Spain. Kind of like the music, but... Right. My son lives there, you know. Yeah. He Didn't get there. anywhere near Spain, but boy, let me tell you, Italy and Greece uh, and, and um, Turkey, also beautiful places. Lots of Mac users over there, or are you unusual? Well, I saw lots of iDevices, uh, not as many Macs, although I wasn't any place where there were computers, so Macs, Mac's not a good indicator. I did see a lot of people uh, with iPads. Right. Everywhere. Amazing. Yes. It's a phenomenon. That's right. That's why all these other companies trying to build iPad wannabes are stuck in wannabe land. Well, they also have one one major uh, missing feature, and that's called the App Store. You know, I think that's Until a lot they get of it. The App Store, sure. It, there's no reason. It's like there's the iPad, and there's everything else. 
Well, what's interesting is all the analysts were saying, well, over time with more and more competitors, the iPad's market share would begin to decline. But in the well, past course, quarter, it actually increased. But when you start at 100%, your market share has a hard time staying at 100%. Well, Microsoft like wants to do that, of course, with Windows. Well, they could say that they have 100%. They have 100% of the market of people who don't know better. <laughs> some of our listeners are right now. If you need to have somebody to yell at, his name is Bob Dr. Maclevitis. And he's somewhere in Texas. Yes. Oh, yeah. I was at Austin City Limits Festival this weekend. Yes. We were almost going to do an episode from there, but it was going to be rather noisy, so we decided not to do it. It would be difficult. It would be difficult. Okay. So I gather you did a book called Lion for Dummies, right? And I ain't lying. Oh, please. Okay. This is the Ministry of Bad Jokes. Yes. And puns, of course. That's right. But, okay. Lion. Tell us in 12,000 words or less, because we have plenty of time today, about your experiences, good, bad, ugly. Let's look at the ugly first. Um, the ugly, let's see. Probably the ugliest is the launch pad idea, which I just don't get. I mean, I, I, I guess for people who have only a few applications, it might be okay. And while the, that form of organization makes total sense on a mobile device, on my computer, it just seems silly. Um, you know, I have like 800 apps. It's, it's virtually useless. Now, for those who don't understand what we're talking about, Launchpad is a feature on OS X Lion that basically mimics the look of the so-called desktop of an iPhone or an iPad, where you see these apps and you can page through them. And that's fine if you have... 5, 10, 20, 40 apps, but when you're like me or Bob and you've got hundreds, you can go through 20, 30 pages of this stuff or you sit down spending hours creating folders to mix and match them. But isn't it that Apple wanted to create familiarity? People who have iPads and iPhones, they're using a Mac for the first time, so they're used to it. You think? I haven't heard anybody say that it's, you know, the killer feature that they, you know can't live without it. They love it. It's their favorite part of Lion. Well, in terms of killer, what they want to do is kill it. <laughs> All right, another bad joke in the Ministry of Bad Jokes. Let's get past that. Okay, so Launchpad is kind of a loser, okay? What else do you think maybe Apple maybe missed the boat on? Well, I'm, I'm uh, of two minds about the way that scrolling works. I think I'm used to it the new way, and I think uh, probably the new way makes more sense. But after scrolling on a Mac for so long using one direction, having my brain you know, translate that into doing it the right way, which is dragging the page the way you want it to move, uh, takes some adjustment. I, I tend to uh, sit there on the laptop swiping away going what's why isn't that scrolling and it's because i'm going the wrong way because i'm just not used to it yet now in your travels putting together the information for the book lions for dummies did you come to ask apple why did you reverse the direction of scrolling who would i ask <laughs> no i didn't ask um i'm pretty sure I, I could tell you why and i think it's to be consistent 
and to use the real life metaphor, you know, of pushing in the direction you're going. I also don't know if I'm particularly thrilled about scroll bars mostly disappearing. That's I'm not, not sure. Great. I'm not sure that was necessary. I mean, it, 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 I guess it's aesthetically pleasing, but you know, a scroll bar gives you some indication of the the volume of what's in that folder. Yeah, let's visualize this, folks, okay? So if a folder or a document has content that exceeds the size of the display window, you see scroll bars. So you know to scroll horizontally or vertically or both, depending on what you need to do to see the rest of the document. But Apple, in its infinite wisdom for the iOS, they made them on-demand scroll bars. So you only see them if you actually if you actually click or touch. Tap. Tap. Whatever you want to do. You yeah. tap the thing, you put your finger on this document, and then you see if there's scroll bars to move up or down or sideways. So Apple says, okay, we're going to make it look like the iOS. We'll make on-demand scroll bars. Now you can defeat that. Or it's automatic. The normal setting is automatic. If you're using like an Apple Magic Mouse or a Magic Trackpad, it's there already, only when you need it. If you're using somebody else's input device like a Logitech MX Revolution or Performance <laughs> or MX is examples, and they're not sponsors, but that's what I use. If you're using those, you'll always see the scroll bars anyway. But why do they do it? I understand maybe they want to save a little real estate on a tiny, tiny screen, but mm. You know, you can turn them on. You can make them show all the time. You can you can re-enable them. But the fact that most people won't know that, and I, I just don't think that's a step forward. I think that's a step backward. There's the, the they do more than let you move up and down on the page. They also give you a uh, a feeling of of spatiality for how much more there is that you almost completely lose in Lion unless you know to turn off the feature or you, you know, go hover over the scroll bar so you can see. But that's, a, you know, that's an unnecessary step. Okay, that's taking the, the um, sleek design principle, I think, a step too far. Okay, but these are things like reverse scrolling that you can defeat. You don't like them, no problem. You defeat them, <laughs> you remove the feed off them depending on your point of view, and they're gone. But Apple put them in there for a visual effect. They can't justify this for usability. No, that's got to be somebody's idea of streamline interface. But from a usability perspective, I think it's a step backwards. It's not a big deal. It's just one of those things where I just don't get it. I, I could understand if it worked the other way. If they were always on and you had the option to make them invisible if you like it that way. But to, to make the default less uh, intuitive didn't really make a ton of sense to me. But having bashed Lion enough, I, I want to say overall, it's certainly a, a, a worthwhile 30 bucks. I'll tell you what, and we'll find out why. With Bob Dr. McLevitis, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. 
nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space, and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world, a woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack! Attack! of the Rockoids. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack! Attack! of the Rockwell, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. As many people know, ever since President Nixon took us off the gold standard, the U.S. dollar has been devaluating. What people don't know, however, is how this directly affects your personal finances. Is there a way to protect your portfolios from losing value? The answer to all of this is gold and silver. They both have maintained their purchasing power for 6,000 years. If you had $100,000 in cash and $100,000 in gold and silver back in 1913 and kept them until now, your cash would have the buying power of only $4,800. But your gold and silver would have the buying power of $3 million. The answer to protecting your assets is simple. Call John Ballman today at 1-800-686-2237, extension 169. Get all your questions answered before your money is worth zero. Call 1-800-686-2237, extension 169. Take action today while we still accept paper dollars for gold. That's 1-800-686-2237, extension 169. Are you tired of spending money for metal canning lids year after year? Then stop! Stop buying metal lids and get Tatler reusable canning lids. Made of USDA and FDA-approved food-grade plastic, Tatler canning lids let you safely store emergency preparedness foods for years. Traditional metal lids are single-use throwaways that contain BPA, but Tatler canning lids are indefinitely reusable and guaranteed to last a lifetime when used as designed for home canning and contain no BPA. Tatler lids are dishwasher safe, perfect for standard pressure or water bath canning, eliminate food spoilage from acid corrosion, fit standard mason jars and are proudly made in the USA. Place orders by phone at 877-747-2793 or go to reusablecanninglids.com. That's 1-877-747-2793 or go to reusablecanninglids.com. That's reusablecanninglids.com. Tatler Reusable Canning Lids, the original since 1976. Big Berkey water filters are in high demand. Storable foods are also in high demand. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has always kept our focus on the Berkey water filter products. But increasingly, our customers have been asking for storable foods. After months of research, BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com now offers great-tasting, long-lasting, storable foods. These ready-to-eat meals are packed in airtight nitrogen pouches. All you do is just add water. And because they're sealed so well, they come with a 25-year shelf life. Combine our Berkey water filters, which are powerful enough to purify treated, untreated, or even stagnant pond water with our storable foods, and you have a winning combination. Remember, we offer free shipping on every order over $50, and GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY. That's BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY today. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, 
Just send it to news at technightall.com. That's news at technightall.com. And if you want to catch up on past episodes, we have hundreds of shows for you to download direct from technightall.com slash radio. That's technightall.com slash radio. Or check us out at iTunes. With the one, the only Bob Dr. Maclevitis with Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Out Live. And we covered the ugly aspects of a West End lion, kind of the visual eye candy that Apple stuck in there. But now there are good things, ladies and gentlemen. Lots of good stuff in Lion. And I want to just maybe be introduce this little segment here with the claim on the part of some people that Lion is Apple's counterpart to Windows Vista. Windows Vista, of course, was bloated, late, buggy, Wait, who, who and wasn't a big success. Who is saying big, that? Who's saying that? Trolls? There are a few people out there, skeptical columnists, who are saying that somehow Lion is not very good. Are these people who, like, consult for Microsoft and stuff? You mean like Rob Enderly or something? I, I, I wasn't going to say it. I don't, I don't like to utter his name in vain. But, yeah, like that, people with Utter his name in vain. I mean, we're here. Right. Understand, so, this is know, the network where we have people like Alex Jones on our network, who's a flagship act or a talk show host on the GCN network. And he's very outspoken about a lot of issues. He's rather controversial in some respects. So I don't mind pushing the envelope here. Okay, so. Sure. Windows sucks. What else? We'll go into Windows 8 in a moment, but let's, okay, look at the good part of Lion. What did Apple really get right? I think that the new metaphor for mission control, expose, and spaces is much more usable now. I never even, you know, I, I would try it, and I'd try to get it to work in my workflow, and it just never made, never made any sense to me the way I worked. But the new metaphor, the whole new interface for it and, and you know, the gestures to bring it up on your, on your screen if you've got uh, the appropriate track device, to me makes it a ton of sense. And I really, I've been using it on the laptop constantly, and I like it. I like the idea that I've got separate spaces, and I like the, the idea that I can put stuff in spaces full screen and swipe to get between them. It's, it's really a nice way to work on a laptop. Explain to people what spaces means in the Mac OS metaphor. So spaces in the Mac OS metaphor is, you know, you're working on a small screen and you've got a bunch of apps open and you're bopping between them. Things get pretty confused and, and it gets to a point where it's not easy to find the window or app that you wanted to jump to. And, and if you try to arrange things so you can see everything on screen at once, all the windows are too small, and it's always a balancing act on a small screen. So this lets you um, set up a screen space for tasks. So, for example, you could have one screen space that's dedicated to mail, full screen, one for Safari, another for the word processor. And then rather than command tabbing and going from app to app and having windows flashing back and forth and stuff, you can use this this new feature to jump from space to space where all that shows is what you've selected to show. So if you um, set up a space to be your Safari space, all you see when you're in that space is the Safari window. You don't see whatever's open in Word or in Mail or anything else. It's all kind of hidden away. And you can use Hide and Show to get kind of the same effect, but the Spaces option makes it a 
possible to to make it a little neater and tidier and leave uh, in the case of some spaces leave multiple windows arranged just the way you like them now understand spaces is very easy you go to mission control and you drag an app window to a little desktop icon and it goes in that particular desktop now i use it for my work i have audio projects the radio show so I stick the audio software in one space so I have everything together. Now, some things I list in all desktops, like, for example, iChat. iChat displays in all desktops, and the reason is because no matter what I'm doing, maybe somebody's trying to contact me by iChat, so I check it out. But email, I stick in a separate desktop. I don't want to deal with that immediately. But while you're working, you still see the little badges in the dock that tell you if something's going on with mail or uh, anything wants your attention that's in the background. Especially on a laptop, a really nice way of being able to organize your workspace for a task and not have to have that messed up when other windows come bouncing around. And you don't end up with 30 windows on your screen and you know, every time you move one, it buries another one. Now, to understand this, there have been some problems with spaces over the couple of years that Apple's had it in the Mac OS because some applications don't like being on a custom desktop, so they go elsewhere. Yeah, and and in the past, I think it was uh, not as intuitive how you'd move a window from one space to another. But I mean, physically speaking, a document or application window, I put in one space, and suddenly it's elsewhere in a different space. Yes, they would do that. And they still do that in Lion, and maybe because the applications aren't Lion savvy. But understand, folks, space is like any of these other features. You don't have to use it. But you try it. If you don't like it, all right, big deal. All right, next yeah, feature. I, I do really like, though, the whole overview that you get from Mission Control when you've got a lot of apps running and they've got a lot of windows open. The overview that you get to show you what apps are running, I think, is much improved over before. And it actually updates in real time. So if it's something that's got something moving on it, like a video, you can see where you're at on that video, even if it's not on a desktop that's currently active so when you go into this mission control mode all the little proxy windows the little windows that represent things update in real time it's really cool so if you if you you want to see it in action open activity monitor and then go into your mission control and whatever you're looking at an activity monitor continues to update itself even in the little view it's like having a dashboard but Apple's already got something called Dashboard that has widgets in it it's different so it looks like Microsoft took widgets concept and they melded it into an interface called metro which is of course taken from the zune and windows phone 7 and that's going to be part of windows 8 have you got a chance to look at the pictures the screenshots of windows 8 no why is it pretty pretty ugly okay understand if you already have seen a zune or windows phone 7 you have you know instead of having icons you have tiles rectangular badges that display information either for a process like the weather or accessing an application. It's everything is tiles. So what Microsoft has done, and understand you and I are would-be web designers appreciate this, Microsoft puts white, thin white type against a colorful background, which means, of course, you can't read anything. Of course not. That would make it too easy. Plus, Gene, I I hate to say it, but you are getting older, and your eyes are getting worse. Actually, I had them tested, 
and with my current contact lenses. Don't let me boast because I'm 375 years old. And I've been wearing contact lenses ever since they carved them out on one of these old-fashioned lathes or something like that. Whatever. I see 2020. And so do I. Right. With contact but lenses, I see fine. I barely need reading glasses except for real close-up reading. I have them, but it has to be really Or a little really white type. type on a bright-colored background. Well, that's bad for anybody. It's just bad design. But the person who does good things is Bob Dr. Maclevitis. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Tamar from Namecheap. We're a domain name and web hosting company, and we really care about our customers. With domain name purchases, Namecheap offers free SSL and free WhoisGuard for a year to protect your identity from spammers. Most importantly, we care about you. If you'd like to learn more, please visit us at radio.namecheap.com, radio.namecheap.com for web hosting and domain name specials. You can also follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash Namecheap or become a fan of ours on Facebook at facebook.com slash Namecheap. See you online. SellYourMac.com Purchases used Apple computers, iPhones, iPads, and iPods through a safe, no-hassle transaction. They're a BBB-accredited business with an A-plus rating. You can rest assured you'll get paid for your expensive devices. They're in this business because they love Apple products. They want you to have the latest and greatest Apple gear available. Selling your used Mac, iPhone, or iPad will greatly reduce the cost of a new purchase. Get a free quote now from SellYourMac.com. For centuries, silver has been used as a powerful natural antibiotic. And as a listener to this station, you probably already know the benefits of using colloidal silver. With so many websites to choose from, finding a reputable patriotic company with great products at affordable prices can be a difficult task. Introducing UtopiaSilver.com. UtopiaSilver.com carries the best, most effective, and most affordable colloidal silver and colloidal gold products in the industry. UtopiaSilver.com also carries products to fit your lifestyle, including weight loss, immune system defense, cleanses, herbs, joint and bone care, and much more. First-time customers using promo code GCN50 will receive 50% off all colloidal products. Visit us today at Utopia Silver, that's U-T-O-P-I-A Silver, utopiasilver.com, or call 888-213-4338. That's 888-213-4338, utopiasilver.com, taking back America's health care one American at a time. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. I designed our top-selling holster, the Super Tuck Deluxe, to solve the problems of being poked, pinched, and gouged while carrying concealed. The Super Tuck Deluxe is the most comfortable, most concealable holster on the market today. We offer a two-week free trial and a lifetime warranty. Visit us at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Don't forget... CrossbreedHolsters.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. 
Still ready to save? Then you're ready for the fall super sale at HerbalHealer.com. HerbalHealer.com has been the leader in quality natural supplements since 1988. Log on to HerbalHealer.com and take advantage of incredible fall savings on all sale products running through October 18th. HerbalHealer.com is proud to offer eFoods Global Products, premium storable foods that are delicious, contain no MSG, no trans fats, no GMO, and have a 25-year shelf life. All you do is just add water. To learn more, click the eFoods link on HerbalHealer.com and you can try eFood storable meals for free. And don't forget to click the specials link for even more savings at HerbalHealer.com. Be sure to sign up for our free newsletter. And as always, new customers get a free 128-page catalog with your order. HerbalHealer.com, healing the world with nature one person at a time. Hurry, sale ends October 18th. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. Back with Bob, Dr. Maclevitis. We were um, never really gone, by the way. That's right. Of, you know, it seems like they're in Radio Land. In Radio Land, just, three minutes have passed. This is like a time jump, okay? This is a time space continuum. Absolutely, space time continuum. On steroids. So what happens is when I give the closing stinger to a segment, the listeners will hear three minutes of announcements, okay? Then we come back. But as far as Bob is concerned, it's instantaneous. Because Those three minutes just flew by. That's right. So who's sponsoring us today? Who's sponsoring can I, us can today? Can I make fun of them? Is Intuit one of our sponsors? Because I'm about to go into it. I'll tell you tirade. what. I've gone after Intuit, and they have yet to advertise on the Tech Night Out Live so I know. Okay, so let's bash them then, because I'm, yeah. I'm ready. Okay, now understand, a lot of good things are happening Lion? in Mac OS X line. A lot of good things. But the one thing Apple did in its infinite wisdom or lack thereof was to remove support for PowerPC apps. Now, in the previous versions of the Intel version of OS X, you had Rosetta, which would be a translation app that would translate PowerPC to Intel code in the background. Okay, good. Apple killed it. Okay, they've had Intel-based Macs for five and a half years, so they killed this. All the apps should be compatible. Wait, does Intuit know? No, nobody told. They didn't get the memo. They tell us the story. They apparently didn't get the memo. So tell us about Quicken. Well, so here's what happens. If you're a user of Quicken 2003 or 2007 for the Mac, think twice before you upgrade to Lion. Why? Because after you upgrade from to Lion, you may no longer launch Quicken to export your stuff. So if you're going to make the move, A, you're going to have to give up Quicken. B, you're going to have to export your data before you switch to Lion. And C, you're going to have to come up with a new personal finance program. That's what I've been doing for the last couple of weeks, trying to figure out what to do about this mess. Have you had a chance to check out other programs, what might be suitable? I have indeed. Okay. And I think I've made my choice. I mean, I've, still, I, I've decided that I'm going to give it about a month of using another program and see if I can live with it because there's definitely trade-offs. I mean, I'm not going to get everything I had with Quicken 2007 if I switch to another program. Now, this is interesting. Quicken 2007. Right. comes out a year after Apple transitions to Intel, 
two years after Apple actually physically announced they're going to do it and provided the tools for developers to build universal applications that work on the PowerPC, Mac, I told and the you, Intel Mac. Intuit didn't get the memo. Obviously, they were living on another planet. They've got a new well, product act, manager now who seems like to be smart. Yeah. But I want to mention this before we go on. There is a Quicken Essentials, but they killed all the good features. Yeah, Quicken Essentials should be called Quicken Light because it doesn't do very much. And and it certainly doesn't do the, the kind the, – there's a couple of things that I want my personal finance program to do. The first is I want it to you know call up my bank – and get my statement and compare it to what I've got in my records and I want it to clear checks and I want it to make it so I don't have to uh, keep physical records of checks or ATM transactions. They're downloaded automatically when I use the program. Lots of programs can do that. That's not that big a deal. The one, that, the one that's killing me, the feature that's killing me, is Quicken supports bill pay through your financial institution, which means when I need to pay my mortgage, for example, I type W, E, and by the time I type the L, it's figured out that I want to send my mortgage payment to Wells Fargo. Uh, In this case, actually, it comes up every month on the 5th automatically, but if I had to type it in, I'd type in three letters. It would know who to send it to. I'd type an amount and hit send, and that's it. I don't write checks. I don't uh, have any paper or physical anything. They, uh, for any vendor, they'll actually physically write a check and mail it to them if they don't have uh, an electronic relationship with the bank. But to me, I just click a button and my bills are paid. And for me, the easier the better. You know, the more the more stuff that's involved, the less likely I'll get it all right. If it involves putting the right thing in the right envelope with stamps and check and you know there's just so many what do, what do you call them um so many possible points of failure so you know i loved the whole quicken thing it integrated everything it downloaded all of the transactions it um actually uh reconciled my account for me it, it, i always knew to the penny what was going on i could see when bills were going to get paid i could schedule bills to be paid if i wasn't going to be around to hit the trigger and and i haven't found anything that gives me all that okay so but basically found- when intuit produced quick and essentials i think at one point they hoped to bring over all the features but somewhere along the line their Mac programmers, you know, spend too much time at the, you know, in the restrooms or having happy hour and never finish the project. There is a new product manager from Mint.com, this financial services company that Intuit bought, who is currently managing the Mac. Hopefully, they'll get it together, but nobody has time. So I talked you- to him, by sure. the way. I've talked to him a couple times. And, okay. you know, here's my take. My take is... Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I remember this is a company that announced they were going to stop supporting the Mac a few years ago. You know, when Apple was in trouble, they said they're not going to have any more versions of Quicken and tough for the customers. And I didn't forget that. You know, it's like this time it's like they're, they're thumbing their nose at us and saying, yeah, okay, someday we'll get those features into Quicken Essentials. Yeah. I'm going to another company. I'm going to find sure. someone else that cares about my business and cares about their customers more. You know, what I understand here about Intuit here. It's a multi-billion dollar corporation, okay? They can't afford to hire 10 really brilliant Mac programmers 
put them in a room and say, figure it out and get these features enabled as quickly as possible? Why can't they do that? I don't know. I don't know. I suspect that the whole interfacing with the bank system isn't trivial. But there are other apps, and I've been looking at them. There's, there's a couple that I think uh, have a lot going for them, and I think I'm going to switch to one because I do not want my eggs back in the Intuit basket. Thank you. Okay, now, can you tell our listeners which application seems to meet those needs? The front runner right now seems to be iBank. Okay. I looked also at uh, Quicken Essentials, of course, which lacks too many features to even be in the running, and I looked at Money Dance, which, while it actually had a couple of features iBank didn't, is perhaps the ugliest app I've ever seen running on a Mac. I think it's a Java app. It's just it's horribly ugly, and uh, not the interface is terrible. The interface is really mediocre, though it's very functional. So if you're you know a nerd and all you care about is having all these features, Money Dance might be perfect for you. But I also care about aesthetics and iBank uh, not only does almost everything I want it to do but it does it elegantly and in a very Mac-like way which works for me the question is does it lack anything compared to Quicken for you at least yeah it does it lacks bill pay and I've talked to them and you know what they say they say we know that people want it it's not the simplest thing to implement and we've you know we work on uh trying to to serve our customers' needs, and we know that customers want it, but we're not in a position to say we're going to add that feature at any time. All we can tell you is we're working on it. Might happen, might not. We know you want it. We're trying to, you know, make it happen, but we're not announcing it. We're not going to promise it. We're not going to tell you it's going to be in the next build or the next release or anything like that. And I'm much more comfortable with them saying that than I am with Intuit where I just don't know. You know, I have a question parenthetically I'm going to ask you, and it's something that will segue to our final segment together. And that is about the fact that many banks have their own built-in bill pay features. So maybe you don't need it in the software. You go to your bank's website, you enable that's exactly bill pay. How, that's exactly how it works now with iBank. And that's fine. It's okay. almost as good as it was being integrated with um, – in, in Quicken, where, you know, you didn't have to leave the app and go do something somewhere else. Okay, and I understand that. Bob, Dr. Mac, Levitas, joining us. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN Great Talk Radio starts here. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack of the Rockaways. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. 
That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Introducing a Diabetes Breakthrough, an easy, natural, organic way to bring relief to diabetics. Introducing MDS Forte, a concentrated super-strength extract formulated for those who are looking for quick action. Listen to what the revolutionary MDS Forte can do for you. MDS Forte reduces glucose levels safely and effectively, reduces cholesterol and triglyceride levels, increases HDL or good cholesterol while reducing LDL or bad cholesterol. MDS Forte reduces A1C, improves eyesight and circulation to the limbs and helps weight loss is non-toxic, caffeine-free, 100% natural, 100% organic, and comes with a 100% money-back guarantee. Waiting for the side effects disclaimers? With MDS Forte, there are none. Order a 25-day treatment of MDS Forte at bestbloodsupport.com or call 213-405-5355. Call 213-405-5355 or go to bestbloodsupport.com. That's bestbloodsupport.com for MDS Forte, a diabetes breakthrough. Attention, all Medicare beneficiaries who need assistance getting around their homes. There is a Medicare benefit that may qualify you for a power chair or scooter at little to no cost to you. Imagine one scooter or power chair that could improve your mobility and your life. One Medicare benefit that, with private insurance, may entitle you to pay little to nothing to own it. One company that can make it all happen. Your power chair will be paid in full. The Scooter Store. Hi, I'm Doug Harrison. We're experts at getting you the power chair or scooter you need. In fact, if we qualify you for Medicare reimbursement and Medicare denies your claim, we'll give you your power chair or scooter free. I didn't pay a penny out of pocket for my power chair. Call the scooter store for free information today. Call 1-800-619-1414. Some restrictions apply. Call for details. 1-800-619-1414. That's 1-800-619-1414. Energy, energy, and more energy. We all need it. Get the energy you need quick through the powers of wild forest extract. Wild chagan birch bark are the secrets of the forest used exclusively by Russian athletes. Wild chaga is the world's top source of superoxide dismutase, the critical enzyme that blocks the aging process. Chaga is good for your heart and even helps support healthy arteries. Wild birch extract is the top source of betulin, a natural sterile needed by every cell of the body. And healthy cells mean a healthy body and a more powerful you. No wonder it's known as a king of all herbs. Experience real energy and power like you've never dreamed possible. Take Chago Charge Tea with Wild Birch Bark every day and Chaga Max capsules to get the energy you need. You deserve it. Order today by calling 877-817-9829. 877-817-9829. That's 877-817-9829. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We have Bob, Dr. Mac Levitis trying out iBank, right? iBank. iBank, you bank, we all bank at iBank. On the Tech Night Owl live, we'll have to bring those people on the show. But as you say... They seem very nice. I had to look through their forums because something wasn't working, and I found uh, a suggestion from one of their support people that actually solved my problem, which was nice. You know, it looked like these are people who don't have a lot of products. They've only got two or three products total, and they, they seem very committed to doing 
doing good work with their software, and they just had a new release. I didn't use the one before it, so I don't have anything to compare it to, but I've been very happy with it. Um, even the fact that I can't um, send payments from right within the app isn't that big a deal. And it does have a feature that I don't think Quicken does have, and that is I just got one of these. Have you ever seen the neat receipts scanners, little scanners that there's smart scanners, desktop, and there's a portable one. Sure. I don't recall and seeing them, now. They're kind of cool. So they sent me one to play with. And one of the things that's very neat is I can scan a receipt with this little scanner, which takes like one second. You just drop it in and it scans. But then you can drag the PDF it creates onto iBank, and it will create a transaction for that receipt. So if you use your debit card, you come home and feed the receipt to this little scanner, it automatically enters it in your um, iBank you know, register and keeps a scan of the receipt. And in a lot of cases, I go to the post office, and the receipt has the tracking number. So having a scan of it somewhere makes it so I don't have to hang on to a piece of paper till someone says, I received that. Mm. And look at it this way. We may not have much of a post office left with all the cutbacks. That's true. Huh. Okay, so this is iBank.com. What's the name of the company? The name of the company is IG, I think, I-G-G. IGG. Is that right? I'm, uh, I did that from memory. I could look up that online as we speak. It's IGG Software Incorporated. That's them. Okay, so it's uh, it's not IG, IGG. It's IGGsoftware.com slash iBank. And they call it the gold standard for Mac money management. They aren't sponsors, but you know... Bob says he likes the product, and we're going to maybe bring him on the show. And really, well, you should have him on the show, and you maybe want to have them and Aaron from. Uh, that would be a great show, by the way. Them and Aaron, isn't that the guy's name from uh, Intuit? From Mint.com? <laughs> if Aaron's they'll come on together, that's going to be yeah, fascinating. Come on for a mud wrestle. Oh, that's good. You know, we had a, a mud wrestle on our other radio show, The Powercast. We were featuring someone named John Alexander and someone named Stanton Friedman, and they have totally different opinions about whether there are UFOs and whether the government is hiding the information on the PowerCast. We won't get into that. Let's move to some other subjects here. So iBank, got to try it. You like it so far. Try this it. You'll like yours. it. There we go. This may um, be the one. What else? Um... Oh, I got a cool new program from, you know, um, Panorama, the database that looks like a spreadsheet that's really, really fast and stuff. This is an old-time Mac database program. I mean, when you think of database programs on the Mac, you say FileMaker. But Panorama has been around for 100 years. And it's still, but the guy that wrote that wrote a new app called Appalicious which is a, a different way of uh, viewing and filtering the App Store for the Mac. And it's awesome. It lets you search for stuff that's on sale. It lets you put stuff in order of discount. It lets you uh, com build complex searches and save them. It is everything that the Apple App Store app isn't. The Apple App Store app is very pretty and efficient if you know what you want. But if you just want to find either what's on sale or what games are on sale or what games 
are on sale that are new since two weeks ago. This thing's awesome. And um, the app is free. You can try it for a while. And then I believe it's twelve ninety five a year to license the data updating service. Pretty cool idea. And, um, you know, if you've... If, if the app store has kind of left you cold as far as going and browsing and, and just kind of looking for, like you can look for all the five-star apps that have gone to free from a paid price this week. It's, it's just a, a whole new way to look at the whole store experience, and I've been having a lot of fun with it. It's cost me a lot of money. I keep buying stuff I probably don't need. But... um Neat little idea. I mean, that's I, I like when I see something that I haven't seen before, and that's exactly what that was. An alternate interface to the Mac App Store. Appalicious. An alternate interface. We sure need that, don't we? Well, you know, the interface that Apple gives you is, is it's a great interface. It works. It's beautiful and serviceable and everything else. But it's not really designed for you to be able to do the things that you can do with this Applicious, nor is it supposed to be. Apple, I don't think, you know, that's not in, I don't know that that's in Apple's best interest. I don't think they care either way, but I don't think that's where they're going to put their energy into, you know, making the App Store geekier. But they want user-friendly you know, and fuzzy for the average person. Well, this is pretty user-friendly and fuzzy. I mean, it's just a bunch of menus, and if you've ever searched for something on your Mac, you already know how to build the queries, and you know, it's not not very complicated, but it is just, you know, it's like data mining. It's a data mining app. The guy's done a pretty good job of designing something that's, you know, pretty easy to use and very fast to get the result you're looking for. All right. I want them to build in alarms so I can say, I want to buy that navigation program when the price drops below $10, you know, things like that. Or I want to buy that game when it's $1.99 instead of nine ninety nine. Oh, that's nice. Alarms, yeah, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, you get the, alert. You get the word. Or when it's featured in a bundle, because sometimes, you know, you have all these bundles they have now where they give you, you know, like 10 Mac apps for 49 or $59, normally worth yeah, like $300. I just uh, I just promoted one of those on my um, Google Plus or Facebook or somewhere. There was a really nice one, like from Mac Update. With uh, hold on a second, I just put it on my Facebook. I'll, sh- I'll now, tell you. MacUpdate.com, by the way, is the modern day equivalent of the famed version tracker. Because version tracker was bought up by CNET and became part of CBS Interactive, and CNET downloads now. And nobody knows what it's all about. But this goes back to versiontracker.com, where you always visited there to see the latest updates about Mac software. So macupdate.com is the site you go to today to see that. And they have these Mac update bundles. And the new one, the one that expires like tomorrow, uh, has Toast Titanium, Data Rescue no, I think it's tomorrow. It says one one day and eleven hours left. Sure, but the problem is, of course, that the oh, show you're not on the, the we're weekend. not live, are we? No. Oh, you poor people! You really missed a great bundle. There'll be another one. If they should have read my uh, Facebook. Or- well, you know, seriously speaking, they do have periodic updates. So if you don't catch yes, it now, you catch the next one. Big deal. This one was good. I, I own six of the ten apps that are in the in the collection, or I'd have bought it. Mm. Uh, all good stuff. No, that's interesting. That's interesting. 
So that's the bundle. Tell us about Lion for Dummies. For people who are just getting used to the Mac and don't understand the complexities, what can they pick up in this book? A lot of advice. A lot of, you know, um, not just here's how to do this, but here's how to do this and here's why you might want to and here's another way. Or uh, here's a way that I find easier. Or here's how to adjust that to your liking. A lot of the stuff people tell me after they've read the book, they say, I've used a Mac for a while, I didn't know that. And that's that's kind of what I'm hoping for, is to, to write a book for a beginner, somebody that's never used a Mac, they could sit down and feel comfortable by the end of the book uh, using it all the time. And, and for, uh, I, I don't want to call them veteran, grizzled veteran users, because I don't think probably they would get that much from the book, but... If they did read it, I want there to be moments where they go, aha, I didn't know that. So, you know, I try to... That makes it uh, fun. Well, not just make it fun, but give you information that I don't think you're going to find elsewhere. Bob, Dr. Mac Levitas, tell our listeners where they can find more of the stuff that you do. BobLevitas.com is the best place to find my stuff. There's links there to everything else I do. And you learn all about the books that he has coming up and about the things he can't tell you about, such as iOS 5 and things like that. Bob, Dr. McLevitis, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Hey, thanks for having me, Gene. Again, always a pleasure. Coming up next on the Tech Night Out Live, we'll be hearing from Kirk McElhern, author and commentator, about the case of the smoking iMac. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, Ted Anderson announcing a great way to listen to radio on the telephone. By calling 760-569-7700, you'll be hearing GCNlive.com programs in seconds. Come to GCNlive.com, find your favorite host's dedicated phone number, and hear them 24-7. You heard me right, every show has a dedicated phone number. Stop by GCNlive.com and bookmark their number today. And again, that's 760-569-7700. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, and carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Tech Night All Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So previously on the Tech Night Out Live, we heard about the strange case of Kirk McElhern's iMac, which had developed a mysterious smoking problem. This is not the smoking problem that happens when people smoke the wrong kind of cigarettes that we can't mention legally on radio. No, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, this was all about a strange odor like something that was burning would happen when the iMac was running under high load. Get a load of that. So, Kirk, tell the story briefly and where we're at, because I have a feeling that for the next five shows where you appear, you're going to be giving us updates. 
Well, I hope not. I hope this is the last update. Um, it went out for, well, it started a little more than a month ago, early August. And one day I was ripping some DVDs, which uses the processors a lot. And there was a burning smell from it. So I got a little bit worried and I called Apple Care and they were concerned and it got sent out for repairs pretty quickly. It took a week to get back. Um, they changed the logic board with the processor because the technician saw a bit of scotch tape touching the processor and thought that that might be burning. Even if it's not a lot that's burning, it could be enough to make a smell. Now, understand, ladies and gentlemen, that when they fix electronics these days, they don't do parts-level repairs. All they do is replace boards. It's just parts swapping. Yeah, they replace big things. They'll replace the logic board, the graphic board, the screen. Um, I had a Mac Pro several years ago where one or two of the USB ports on the front didn't work, and there was a whole sort of a piece that had the USB ports and a bunch of other things like volume controls. Um, most of a, a modern computer is is one of a handful of modules, one might say. Um, you've got the hard drive, the optical drive. You've got the screen. You've got the logic board and the graphics card. Um, you've got a power supply. But other than that, th there's maybe a few little wires, but there's nothing important. So they'll never touch the processor. In fact, the technician told me he couldn't even take the heat sink off the processor. He's not allowed to touch the processor. So he had to change the entire logic board. For and understand if it's under warranty, it makes no difference. It's when the warranty is over that you have a problem. But when it's under warranty, all they're going to do... Well, it makes no difference to me. Sure, it doesn't make a difference to you at this point. To Apple, what they'll do is they'll send that part back to Apple. Apple will recondition the part so it's up to factory standards as a new part, and then it will end up in somebody else's iMac somewhere down the line. Or not, or if they think that there's some that, that is definitely a bad part, they'll just dump it. But sure. one thing that I'm sure that they do is that they examine these things closely to find out, um, to know that if there's a problem, is it a production problem that needs to be fixed, or is it something that's specific to a particular unit? Um, maybe there was a bad weld, or you know, who knows? It could be anything. In, in this particular case, the technician thought that um, what happened is that there was just basically a, the, this little piece of scotch tape that was holding a small wire uh, onto the logic board was just put on in the wrong place. And that's human error, if that's the case. But it turned out that that didn't resolve the problem. And it came back and it was okay for a couple of weeks. And it started smelling again. So I got a technician on the phone who was who really was trying hard to figure out what was going on. And he had seen a case not long ago where there were problems with some of the heat sensors. They would basically give information about temperatures that were incorrect, which meant that the fans weren't going at the necessarily the highest speeds that they would need to um, cool off the, the computer. So the current hypothesis is that it's a sensor on the back of the LCD screen, um, of which I think there are two. And we'll see this went out on Thursday and it got received on Friday um, it's very possible that I'll know tomorrow uh, what's going to happen here. By the time you appear on the Tech Night Out Live, again, we'll probably have the final answer. Right, and since today is not today for the Tech Night Out Live, since you're in an alternate universe, um, people are listening to this, but it's already happened. Right, and what we might do is maybe in our weekend newsletter, the Tech Night Out newsletter at newslettertechnightout.com if you want to subscribe. Our newsletter... We'll have an update from Kirk 
So we'll know exactly it's, what's going on. It's fair to say that since this problem first happened and since we first talked about it on the show, Gene has harassed me every couple of days on iChat to ask um, exactly what's going on, whether the situation has been resolved or not. I understand here the reason it becomes such an anomaly is because basically Mac products are so reliable. Very seldom do things go wrong. I have to tell you, though, my iMac has a bad DVD drive, bad optical drive. I'll have to replace it someday, but I hardly ever use DVDs, so it's not a big issue. But at some particular point in time, I will replace it, probably before I sell the machine, before I get a new one. But normally, you know, Macs are pretty reliable. When these things happen, of course, usually they're pretty well defined what the failure is. It's a bad hard drive. It's a bad optical drive, a bad screen, bad logic board. But sometimes you get these subtleties where one failing part somewhere in the chain is doing weird things, but only under certain circumstances, maybe when it reaches a certain temperature. And that's your problem, probably. Right. And w- one of the technicians said to me that, you know, this is, and you, you and I both know this, we've been with, working with computers for, for decades. This is the kind of problem that if it's not reproducible every time, it's really hard to pin down. Uh, it means that the technician actually has to witness this problem happening. Um, so basically what, it, what I think he was doing, I told him that the, the one thing that would really peg the processors was converting videos with handbrake. Um, so I think that's what he was going to do. Let it go for like a day until it got as hot as it could. And, you know, check it every once in a while. Check the temperatures and the fan speeds and see what was going on. Or maybe just replace the parts and be done with it. Well, see, it depends on what he has to do as far as Apple is concerned. Um, does Apple want him to spend the time? Does he want to spend the time? You know, this isn't these are private technicians who are under contract from Apple. This isn't going back to an Apple store. So they're but in the process. end, Apple has to pay for the repair, and Apple could at some point say, you know what, it's not worth our while to spend days and weeks solving this just to replace the unit. It's practically new. Yeah, I'm not sure that the, what I understand is that they pay a sort of fixed price for a repair depending on what part is being replaced. So if the technician's spending six hours, that's his time. And, and not Apple paying him per hour. Well, so at some point in time, he has to say, help me here, take this up to the supervisor and give me some support. So we'll see what happens. We'll report back on the case of the smoking iMac in a short time. Before we get to the main topic of discussion, which would be speech recognition software on the Mac, I noticed an article you have up here with regard to Apple's new release this week, a major update for Final Cut Pro 10. And Apple has really gotten their lumps over the first release, didn't they? Yeah, Apple got criticized a lot. Now, I'm not in a position to talk about it because I don't do any video work at all. The, The reason I posted the article, though, is because Apple is providing a demo version of Final Cut Pro X. Now, as we know, there are no demo versions for software available in the Mac App Store Though it's fair to say that the iWork applications, Pages, Keynote, and Numbers, are an exception because you still can download a demo. Um, it, it leads to two possibilities. One, Apple's playing by its own rules and it's saying to everyone else, too bad, you can't do it the way we do, uh, by providing a demo. Because as you know, you go to the Mac App Store, you might spend a buck or two easily for an app without trying it out, but you're not going to spend 20 or 30 or 50 or even $100 on a program if you can't have a demo. Um, Now, the second possibility is that Apple's offering a demo here 
could be the first of the of an, a trend or maybe they're realizing how important it is to have demos and maybe we'll see a demo capability built into the Mac App Store. I understand here Apple has really gotten roundly criticized because they released a new version of Final Cut Pro and for a while discontinued, wouldn't make available the older version. And as a result, a lot of professional movie editors suddenly seeing a brand new piece of software with different ways of handling the workflow, and they freaked. They literally freaked. As a matter of fact, I understand, according to published reports, that sales of Adobe's Premiere, which is their rival to Final Cut Pro, are up 45% as a result of disgruntled customers. We'll get into more of this and lots more stuff with Kirk McElhern. If you have a comment or question, write us, news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. SellYourMac.com. Purchases used Apple computers, iPhones, iPads, and iPods through a safe, no-hassle transaction. They're a BBB-accredited business with an A-plus rating. You can rest assured you'll get paid for your expensive devices. They're in this business because they love Apple products. They want you to have the latest and greatest Apple gear available. Selling your used Mac, iPhone, or iPad will greatly reduce the cost of a new purchase. Get a free quote now from SellYourMac.com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. Again, the Congressional Budget Office sounds the alarm, this time warns of Greek-style U.S. debt crises. You heard me right. The GAO is drawing a parallel between the U.S. economy, its debt, and the current Greek economic meltdown. With the debt-to-GDP chart climbing into unfamiliar territory, the growing budget deficit will rise to unsupportable levels. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. The Federal Debt and Risk of Financial Crises document the CBO has published is a must-read for every American, covering the risk of continued deficit spending coupled with an aging population and the rising interest rates spell economic disaster. It's imperative that you get a copy of this document and study it for yourself. Call me today at 800-686-2237 and I'll send you a free copy. Again, call 800-686-2237 and ask for your copy of the CBO document. Once again, you need to read this government report. Call 800-686-2237. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light 
system today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com today. Introducing a diabetes breakthrough, an easy, natural, organic way to bring relief to diabetics. Introducing MDS Forte, a concentrated super strength extract formulated for those who are looking for quick action. Listen to what the revolutionary MDS Forte can do for you. MDS Forte reduces glucose levels safely and effectively, reduces cholesterol and triglyceride levels, increases HDL or good cholesterol while reducing LDL or bad cholesterol. MDS Forte reduces A1C, improves eyesight and circulation to the limbs and helps weight loss is non-toxic, caffeine-free, 100% natural, 100% organic, and comes with a 100% money-back guarantee. Waiting for the side effects disclaimers? With MDS Forte, there are none. Order a 25-day treatment of MDS Forte at bestbloodsupport.com or call 213-405-5355. Call 213-405-5355 or go to bestbloodsupport.com. That's bestbloodsupport.com for MDS Forte, a diabetes breakthrough. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. And don't forget, you can visit the famous Tech Night Owl community forums at forum.technightowl.com. Get in on all the action. That's forum.technightowl.com. We're back with Kirk McElhern, author and writer from his Palatial Estate, a two-bedroom shack, a lovely home, by the way, a lovely view. This guy's got, I once saw a picture of that view, and I wanted to be there, not because I like driving in mountainous territory, just for the view. It's a beautiful home, beautiful place. Anyway, it's seriously. It's an amazing view, but the mountain roads can be a little bit unnerving. Oh, I would not do any driving. You know, in a situation like that, what I would do is let you do the driving, mm-hmm. but not Indeed. me, because Indeed. I wouldn't do it. No, I wouldn't handle it. So anyway, Final Cut Pro, so because it's technically a 1.0 version, it's missing key important features that they need. So what Apple did this week was release a 10.0.1 version with a whole bunch of stuff. You know, important features that maybe you don't care about unless you're a professional, but what it does is, of course, satisfy the concerns and, of course, help with sales. But if they're losing sales a Final Cut Pro, one way to encourage people to take a second look at the program is to offer the demo. And I think that's the point here. The reason there's yeah, a demo I, is not I, I part think, of a trend, but because Apple had no choice. Yeah, I think it should be a trend, though. I really think we need this on the Mac App Store. Uh, I don't think it would be too hard. They've already got this validation code that you know checks with your user account and all that. Um, it's probably simple for them to say, okay, you can download anything as a 30-day demo. And when you think about it, they get more sales. I think developers would be happy because a lot of developers don't get as many sales as they might um, because of this. Now, there are some applications that are sold both you know, on websites in the Mac App Store. And for instance, Barebones DB Edit Text Editor, which I use regularly, you can buy either way. So you can get a demo from the website. 
But look at the Pixelmator graphic editor that is no longer sold directly, and it's only on the Mac App Store. And offhand, I think it's $39. This is not something I want to spend. This is not the amount of money I'm willing to spend without trying out a program. So as long as there's no demo, it's just, you know, I won't buy it, period. It's that simple. Something at that price. And something like iWork, the demo, and you get on a new Mac, you get a demo version of iWork, sometimes a demo version of Microsoft Office. I don't know if they still do that anymore. I don't think they do that anymore. Okay, because they used to do that. But now yeah. you get a demo version of iWork, 30 days to try it out, then you can buy a copy. You go to the App Store and get each component separately if you like. Right. Okay, so that works. But but I think we need this, this to be a broader Mac App Store thing. It might not be ideal for iOS apps, but I think for Mac apps, you know, for most of them, or maybe starting at a certain price point, there should be a demo. Maybe if it's a one or a two or even a $5 app, there's no demo, but maybe above that price, there should be a demo. Well, that's something I think that makes a lot of sense. I like I'm to just see- full of sense. Well, I know that, but... You know, I have no sense. That's why I'm on radio. You know, if I knew what I was doing, I'd be making real money. I'd be running a real company. But anyway, the key here is that we have Final Cut Pro 10 with Media Stems Export, rich XML support, very important, projects and events on XSAN, custom starting time code, full screen view in Lion, one-step transitions on connected clips, GPU accelerated export, which makes it faster. New theme, camera import SDK so that companies can create translations for handling cameras to export and import. And in early 2002, multicam editing and broadcast quality video monitoring are coming. So what Apple's trying to do here is look at every conceivable feature that they had in the previous version of Final Cut Pro and add them. The one feature you will not see and never see is the ability to import workflows from the previous version. Supposedly they're so different, it's not going to happen. So they expect you to finish your work on a project in the previous version and start new projects in the new version, if I make myself clear. Shouldn't they have added all those features in the first version, though? Because a lot of the complaints, again, I don't use this program. I don't know what most of what you said even means. If you're a video editor, you do. But the key is here, the problem is when you have something like this, you have to start from a new base. It's kind of like when they redid iMovie. Remember iMovie? They had a major update to iMovie, and it was a totally new code base, so they had to basically add in the features. So I guess they were confronted with, let's get the product out with most of the features they need, and I think they made a big strategic mistake. They should have left it for three months and said, okay, now we've got 90% of the features you need. The other 10% will come next year. They wouldn't have gotten attacked. But for some reason, they said they had to get it out at a certain time, it wasn't ready. And we see it's a matter of a couple of months that they add all these critical features. If they waited two months, they would have gained a lot of new sales. Exactly. That's what I think. I just don't understand why they would come out with something which it's got to be sensitive. I mean, this is high, high level software. It's not like, I don't know, iCal or something where the changes are going to annoy people, but 
they won't prevent you from actually working. Uh, what I understand is that a lot of people just couldn't use this because of certain features. And I just, they've got enough contacts in the in the video business that they should have had beta testers who were telling them, we don't want this program if it doesn't have A, B, and C. Yes, it was a strategic decision, a bad marketing decision. And I understand that Final Cut Pro is a mainstay in TV production studios and movie studios, okay? Right. Very key program. Very important. And, you know, you see a major motion picture, and there's a fairly large chance that a lot of the editing work was done in Final Cut Pro, even -hmm. if it's a $200 million movie. A $200 million movie, which, of course, is chump change in Hollywood, that $200 million movie very likely being edited. Now, if they're taking their workflows to Adobe Premiere, Apple may not get those customers back. It's not going to be so simple, not going to be trivial. Exactly. So I don't know what to say, but Apple is trying to at least get a second chance here. Maybe they think, well, all right, not enough time has passed. Maybe we can somehow regain the lost sales or get new sales. Because obviously it's not just for prosumers, you know, average people who want to, you know, learn movie editing and get high-class cameras and stuff. They call them prosumers. Right. Because they're not making a living. But for people who make a living from a product, I think Apple didn't think of that. And Apple does not want, clearly, to be thought of as abandoning the professional customer. Although, I don't know. Are we going to see a new Mac Pro, for example, which is Apple's high-end workstation? Or do they think we all can do it with iMacs? Which, maybe we can. I know I can do it with an iMac, but not everybody. Right. And I thought you'd add to that. Yeah, I I guess you're right. You know, there are, are certain things that pros need that others don't. Um, Apple is clearly becoming a more consumer company. There's always been a small uh, pro base, but you know, the, historically it was like graphic design, and a lot of that's moved over to Windows. So maybe they're less interested in holding on to this market. Although when you think about it, it's a mighty good reputation maker for Apple that when in the credits of you know certain big movies, you see that Final Cut Pro was used and Macs were used to make these movies. And, of course, we mean also the special effects. Kirk McElhern joining us. If you have a comment or question, write us, news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack! Attack! of the Rockwoods. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans the galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack, Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack, Attack of the Rockwell, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. 
Local Army-Navy surplus stores are hard to find these days, but not military-issue supplies. They're right here online at MainMilitary.com. That's right, just like the state, M-A-I-N-E, military.com. We have everything for true, total preparedness. MainMilitary.com is not a typical website. It has much more than your old surplus store. Quality military-issue survival gear like canteens, mess kits, utensils, gas masks, filters, and chemical suits, magnesium fire-starting tools, strike anywhere, waterproof, and storm matches, first aid kits, splints, tourniquets, parachute 550 cord, military manuals, sandbags by the bail, and a huge Molly assortment of vests and pouches for every need. Call 207-989-6783, 207-989-6783, or visit MainMilitary.com. That's M-A-I-N-E, Military.com, the main name in military supply. Before you throw away your used batteries, you need to listen to this. Now, going green can save money. Go green and save money by giving life to your used batteries by charging them with the Renaissance Charger. The Renaissance Charger uses a new revolutionary battery charging technology that effectively extends the life of new batteries and gives new life to used batteries. Invented by legendary audio genius John Bedini, this unique and patented charging system rejuvenates the electrochemical plate structure in the battery without additives, increasing capacity and maintaining cell integrity. Renaissance Charge offers a full line of products made in the USA for all types and sizes of batteries. Find out why our customers tell us the Renaissance Charger is the only battery charger they will ever use. Save your money. Save the environment. Visit us online at r-charge.com. That's r-charge.com. Or call us at 208-772-4514. That's 208-772-4514. Be a part of the revolution today. For centuries, silver has been used as a powerful natural antibiotic. And as a listener to this station, you probably already know the benefits of using colloidal silver. With so many websites to choose from, finding a reputable patriotic company with great products at affordable prices can be a difficult task. Introducing UtopiaSilver.com. UtopiaSilver.com carries the best, most effective, and most affordable colloidal silver and colloidal gold products in the industry. UtopiaSilver.com also carries products to your lifestyle, including weight loss, immune system defense, cleanses, herbs, joint and bone care, and much more. First-time customers using promo code GCN50 will receive 50% off all colloidal products. Visit us today at Utopia Silver, that's U-T-O-P-I-A Silver, utopiasilver.com, or call 888-213-4338. That's 888-213-4338, utopiasilver.com, taking back America's health care one American at a time. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. And now we do another time jump. As I've said to listeners, when you hear the show three minutes have passed, but because we live in another dimension, Kirk and myself... And the same thing is true with Bob, Dr. Maclevitis, who lives in a dimension we can't even describe. It's almost instantaneous, the transition. So let's transition from Final Cut Pro 10, a 30-day demo available from Apple for download. So try it out if you want to get into movie editing and see if what you want is what they offer. But the one thing we're going to talk about this week is speech recognition software. And I'll preface this with the fact that I have tried speech recognition software on the Mac for years And I think 
most people understand what I'm saying. I'm on the radio. You know, I can't be that imperfect. I mean, there are far better radio announcers than me, but I'm not that imperfect. And I think if I can't make this thing recognize my speech, what about anybody else? Well, speech recognition is a tricky thing. Um, It's fair to say that speech recognition software really has little to do with the way you and I listen to speech. I've been using speech recognition software since, I guess, the early 90s when I bought Via Voice. It was an IBM program back then. And I've used it off and on. And I started really getting interested in it. Um, In 1996, I became a freelance translator. And a lot of the translations I did, I would dictate into a dictaphone. My wife would type them, and at the same time, she would, you know, offer corrections and all that. But I had, uh, I, I was very interested in the idea of using speech recognition software to save time, and it just wasn't good enough back then. It, it was slow. Of course, computers were a hundred times slower than they are now. The quality of microphones was different. You know, all of the variables combined to make it a much more um, painful activity. I remember using Via Voice. You could get decent recognition speaking like this at the time. Um, Now, Dragon, which at some point was bought out or became Nuance, I don't know the history. Basically, Um, you had Nuance and you had Mac speech, okay? Well, this is on the Mac. Um, Okay, it's on the Mac. Even before that. It was Dragon, right. The company that is now Nuance was originally called Dragon, I think, and they had a program called Dragon Dictate. This goes back to the late 90s, uh, which was the Windows program, which worked relatively well at the time. And after mergers and and acquisitions, Nuance came into being, and they're a huge company that does all sorts of voice recognition, be it um, when you call up on the phone and you say something to, you know, get a particular department in the company or things in cars and all that, they, they cover the whole thing. So their flagship program on Windows is now called Dragon Naturally Speaking. And back in the day on the Mac side, there was this company called Mac Speech, which came out first with a program called iListen, um, then went to Mac Speech Dictate. And if I'm not mistaken, that was in 2008. And Dictate was licensing Nuance's voice recognition engine. So basically taking the core code and doing all of the Mac-specific stuff on top of it. Um, Nuance eventually bought out Mac Speech, changed Dictate to Dragon Dictate, so renovating an old brand name that they had used in the late 90s. And they've tried to make the program a lot closer to the Windows version of their program. They're not exactly the same. They have differences not only in quality but interface. Um, but they're working to make the program so that they can you know, resemble each other as much as possible. Okay, so... Tell us, how do we set up a program like this? I want something to basically read my speech because for whatever reason, I want to have to sit there and type. Maybe I have repetitive stress syndrome. Like author David Polk, who's been a guest on the show from time to time. I've known him for like 15, 20 years. And at one point, he really trashed his wrists and it was hard for him to type. So he started using speech recognition software. So how do you set up these things? How do you set up a workflow so you can sit here and you could write without typing? Well, it's it's a multifaceted process. So the first thing is when you get the program, you get it out of the box. You install it. Um, it's best to buy 
a version of the program that comes with a microphone because it's a noise-canceling headset. So it provides excellent quality um, for the actual interpretation of the sound. You set up what's called a profile. And basically, you just start speaking into it. And it, the, the computer is going to display a screen. It's going to have you speak for about five minutes. It's not very long. Back in the day, the earliest programs, you might want to do an hour of training, of reading stories for the computer to understand your voice. Um, now you can basically do it with just five minutes. You can do extra um, training to improve it, but you really don't need to do it anymore. It improves as you work with it. So once you've set up this training, you basically start dictating. Now, this sounds simple, and most people think that, well, I'm going to dictate, and everything I say is going to be typed exactly as I say it. But that's not what could, what's going to happen, because one thing you need to do is learn how to dictate. Now, one thing that's often recommended is that you should speak like a newscaster. So you're In the news at this hour, we have seven UFOs sighted over <laughs> Phoenix. Go ahead, please. You, you have to speak – I'm trying to do this now as I speak. You have to speak clearly and enunciate all your words and not soar anything because the computer can't understand that. While you may understand something that I say if I slur or mumble a little bit, the computer simply can't. Another thing you need to do is ideally as you dictate – pause at the end of each clause because this will allow the computer to type what you've just said and at the same time you can check those words to see if you need to make any immediate corrections and the way i just spoke is is for me the ideal way to do it you say six eight ten words and you get this little window that comes up a sort of a palette if the computer's not entirely sure, it will display anywhere from one to ten possibilities uh, of what you've said. Now, for instance um, – Yeah, but speaking in ten-word increments, that kind of affects your creativity. Aren't you I supposed to so. kind no, of no, no. speak in a normal because flow? I mean with me, I would rather speak in paragraphs, you know, paragraph by paragraph, which is how I write. You don't write like that. You pause as you type. I don't think you can write a hundred words. No, I don't. But I always I envision a paragraph each time. You, you know, know I, I find that speaking like that makes me when when I dictate and I dictate clauses as opposed to trying to dictate long sentences as opposed to talking the way we're talking now. I find that the quality of my writing is better, and I have less rewriting to do afterwards. In other words. By not hurrying so much, by taking just a little bit more time, I find that what I write is closer to a final version. Okay. So basically here, what's happening is you're training the program, but also training yourself to speak in a way the program understands. Now, obviously, you couldn't test this because you have fairly normal, straight American speech with someone with a New York accent. So it's pretty distinct. But somebody with a very distinct southern accent, a really deep Brooklyn accent, that's going to be difficult for this, isn't it? Um, yes and no. W one thing that I learned in a discussion with some people at Nuance um, – the, the reason we're talking about this, by the way, is because uh, I wrote a review of the latest version of Dragon Dictate from Macworld. Um, and so while I was researching this, I talked with some people at Nuance, and one of the people said to explain to me that the, 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 the speech recognition engine 
is designed for a male middle-aged voice. And he said, like me and him, because he was also a male middle-aged person with a voice that's deeper than, you know, more toward the deep end than toward the high end. He said that people like us and, and you as well will find it easier to get this program to type what they say than women, younger people, people with high voices, and, and so on. It's also designed for the sort of, how would you say, the sort of average American accent. Now, you and I, we both have a little New York in our accents. Um, but we you don't think, have you really accent. think we have a New York accent? Hey, <laughs> we're talking to Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Jason Lewis here. We talk daily about all the crazy stuff happening around the world. Concerns with the economy, job loss, and natural disasters, just to name a few. Let me ask you, what are you doing to be prepared? How will you provide for your family in an emergency? Well, for my preparation, I recommend WiseFoodStorage.com. WiseFoodStorage.com offers delicious, ready-made, freeze-dry meals that carry a 25-year shelf life, and you prepare them in minutes by simply adding water. Wise Food Storage entrees are packaged in individual metal mylar pouches then stored in convenient grab-and-go plastic containers for freshness and easy transport go to wisefoodstorage.com today to request a free entree sample and for a limited time enter the promo code lewis to get free shipping on any order call 855 food wise that's 855-366-3947 or visit wisefoodstorage.com wisefoodstorage.com gourmet emergency food at the best price OpticsPlanet.com is where discerning gun owners and outdoorsmen go to gear up. Optics Planet has the best selection of rifle scopes, red dots, night vision, holsters, bags, and tactical gear on the planet. With always low prices, free shipping on most orders, and expert customer service. Go to OpticsPlanet.com slash GCN to get a free gift with purchase. That's OpticsPlanet.com slash GCN. Or call 800-332-OPTICS. 800-332-6784. Hi, this 
This is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. The American people think they live in a constitutional republic. Land of the free, home of the brave. Right. Just try those lines on the judge when you get a ticket or have to deal with a big bad IRS. Instead, use escapeharassment.com. Since 1972, our volunteer group of researchers and educators have successfully taught how to escape tickets by law, and it works. Escape harassment has three different steps to follow, depending on where you are in the ticket process. Learn how to escape tickets, IRS, or court proceedings before you go to court. For free, three-minute pre-recorded information and FAQs, call this toll-free number, one 877 9009. That's 877-457-9009. Or go to escapeharassment.com and see our money-back guarantee. That's escapeharassment.com. Remember, escape harassment works. Do you know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl. Live with Gene Steinberg. One more segment of the Tech Night Out Live talking to Kirk McElhern. And the topic on the table is Nuance's app for the Mac called Dragon Dictate for Mac. It's version 2.5. Currently, it's on Macworld's site, and I suppose it'll be in a forthcoming issue of Macworld magazine, so you can check the full review. We're going to talk about all the ins and outs of this program. So, okay, you're talking to a product person at the company that this is designed for someone with a standard middle American kind of accent with a few minor variations, a person middle-aged with somewhat of a deep voice. But if you do not fit into that profile, what happens? It's going to take you a little longer. As you type, you make corrections using the program. As you type, you make corrections using the program. Um, you get this palette that comes up, for instance, if the computer's not sure. And you say, let's say there's four choices and the third one is the one that you that is, is the one that corresponds to what you said. You say, pick three. The computer replaces it. And as it goes on, the computer learns from you. Every time you quit the program, it saves all this information from your profile, um, which is basically your individual pronunciation information. The profile that you work with, the one that you create initially by reading a short text and the one that you develop over time, is going to improve as you go on. Um, in other words, if you have a specific way of speaking, it's not, a, it's not that the computer will never understand it. It's that you have to train the computer to recognize that when you're saying park the car, if you're from Boston, that it means park the car. And over time, then, it's going to get more efficient. So as you continue to work with the program over days or weeks or months, it will be somewhat better at the end of that period than at the beginning. Right. And and there are also tools where you can have the program analyze documents to import 
um, vocabulary it doesn't know. So if you have a specific technical vocabulary, you can train individual words. Um, the, the sort of basic procedure that most people use is dictate correct save profile. But if you really have, you know, more complicated types of of vocabulary, you can add that as well. It it has a lot of features to enable this. Out of the box, it's designed for average commercial, technical, not really legal or medical, but you know, basic scientific English. It's got a very broad vocabulary, um, but you know, any special uh, areas of of interest or work, you're going to need to add those words, and and all of these things are possible. So the program does learn over time. It does adapt. Um, another thing you can do is there is a preference uh, in the program's preferences. There's a little slider where you choose between speed and accuracy. So if you drag it all the way to the left, the speed end, the, the program is going to type very quickly when you take a pause. And if you move it all the way to the other side, it's going to think a little bit more to make sure that it's a little bit more accurate um, and type a little bit more slowly. So every time you pause, you'll have to wait a little bit long for it to type. Now, what kind of CPU horsepower are we talking about? Well, you know, I tried this on my MacBook Air. So this is, I think, a 1.7 or 1.8, whatever. Um, it's the stock 13-inch uh, MacBook Air. Um, when I reviewed version 2, I did it on, I think it was a Mac Mini. So I've done this intentionally when I've done my reviews, I've tried this out on computers that are not the fastest computers. So not my iMac or not a Mac Pro or anything like that. Um, it works fine. And this slider between speed and accuracy, you can start out with it closer to the accuracy side as it learns uh, your voice, you move it toward the speed side and to get it a little bit faster. If you find that it's too slow on your computer um, or not accurate enough because you think you know, it, you have an older Mac um, and the processor's not as fast, then, you know, you move it more toward the accuracy side. So you have a little bit of flexibility in, in that respect. So in the end, is there a percentage of accuracy that you achieved? You know, it's hard to measure accuracy. You could, you could, you could speak 100 words and you could count how many are wrong, but it's not always that simple. Is, when you say ice cream, is it ice cream or ice cream? Um, often when one word's wrong, it's going to be two words that are wrong. One, one problem I had was the word and and end, which in part is my enunciation. Um, but the computer's not just listening to individual words, but the computer's analyzing the context. So um, if I were to say this and that, it would certainly understand that it's an and. But in other circumstances, it might interpret it as an end. So accuracy is... You know, I would say, okay, 95% accurate. That means 95 out of 100 words are correct, assuming you dictate correctly and not the way I'm talking right now, quickly and, you know, not ideally. Sure. The, the question is which words are incorrect. Um, if it's technical words, it's normal because it doesn't know the vocabulary. If it's proper names, same thing. Um, there's a, a spelling mode. You say spelling mode. And then you spell the letters A, B, C, like that. Um, there's a number mode for, for putting digits instead of having numbers typed. So accuracy is, accuracy is extremely good out of the box. And the more you use it, the better it's going to get. Now, this software is not perfect. Editing is still a little bit of a problem. One of the, one of the biggest additions to the new version 
I need to give you just a tiny bit of context. In the past, um, the manual would tell you that there is a golden rule of dictation, that you cannot type and dictate in the same document, that the software would lose track of where the cursor is and not know what text is before and after. And now with Word 2011, you can type and dictate, which makes it a lot easier to use. So type a paragraph. You can make changes and correct words by saying, for instance, select word, and it's going to select that word, and then you say the word that replaces it. But I find it quicker to use the typewriter to do these things. But it only does this type and dictate only in Word 2011. Only in Word 2011 and in the program's own notepad, which is like a text-edit document. So basically, um, you can basically do simple writing in its own text document, then later on import that stuff or copy-paste into a word right. processor. So it's not that you're stuck. Now, of course, the thing we've always seen, which I guess is true now, it's a little cumbersome to get used to the way it's set up. It crashes occasionally. They always do. They always have. That's something that, you know, this is complicated software. It uses a lot of memory. It takes up a fair amount of disk space, about one and a half gigabytes. Um, And there's a lot going on. So I make sure to save my documents often. Um, I think there should be fewer crashes than what I experienced in my tests. What's interesting is that if you look at the forums for programs like this, you'll find some people who have a lot of crashes and others who never have crashes. So it's really hard to figure out what's going on. Again, the software isn't perfect. Editing is a little bit cumbersome. You don't get this sort of type and dictate thing in all applications. But with each version of this over the past few years since the first Mac Speech Dictate, I've reviewed this, I think this is the fourth time um, I've reviewed a version of this for Macworld, it's gotten a little bit better. I think the Windows version is still much better. Uh, on Windows, because of the way the software interacts with text, you can do this type and dictate editing in any application, I'm pretty sure. Um, so they've got a bit of catching up to do, but I, I think it's finally ready for prime time, given that you have this flexibility now in the current version of Word, which is you know what most people are going to be using. The program is called Dragon Dictate for Mac 2.5. And it gets four mice out of five at Macworld. You'll see the full review at Macworld.com. You'll want to check it out. Also, Kirk has a link at his site. Kirk McElhern, tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff. Uh, my website, Kirkville, which is McElhern.com, M-C-E-L-H-E-A-R-N.com. Macworld, where I write regularly. And also check on my website for my Take Control books. Uh, the latest is Take Control of Scrivener, which is a fine a word processing program for creative writers. More of our stuff at TechNightOwl.com. That's TechNightOwl.com. On Twitter, we are TechNightOwl. TechNightOwl at Twitter, and then there's the other radio show. The Paracast, about UFOs, things that go bump in the night, time-shifting, and lots more at Paracast.com. That's Paracast.com. A special thank you on the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg to my friend Kirk McElhern. Thanks for joining us on this week's show. Take care, Gene. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.